powered by the Perdomo Scar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azle, Texas, and a secret undisclosed location from the Gulf Coast of Florida. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 153. Tonight, we officially welcome Trip Waldorf to the Cigar Coop Coalition team. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban Sea Nicaraguan Sangro, and a Cuban Sea Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming liner and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo 30th Anniversary, Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Aids, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Mint So 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, the Cuba is a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who in Sudhuso brought their very own brand to market, and each contained that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra, and each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retail. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And, of course, we want to mention Tobacco USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And, finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Scars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest and darkest and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweeber Amber Distillian's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's John and Drew. The all-Maduro Blackened Scars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso. That's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer, and remember all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 153. Today is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Solar Studios here on the Black Stage. And as always, for Primetime Special Edition, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azle, Texas. Mr. Bear Duplissy. Bear, Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Popping bottles, pouring some champagne, the bubbly. All the good things are here. 
2023 is history. 2024 is the future. Yeah, and absolutely. a happy new year to you, Coop. Absolutely. You know, uh, we started this thing there in May of 2017. Mm-hmm. So if you count each year as a season, this is our eighth season. Yeah. Uh, and we are still going strong. It's surprising you've put up with me this long, Coop, but I'm no, glad you I think it's the other way around, Bear. I really do. You've got to be a saint. You guys got to be saints to, to deal with me on a, on a regular basis. Uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way with you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, I just can't believe we're, we're into 2024 at this point. And, uh, you know, we'll get into some stuff at the, the later part of the show about um, things we may be looking forward to or things that we think may happen during the year. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but no, it's good, Bear. It's good to see you. Um, we, uh, this is actually, we, Dave Burke and I, we, this is the first show we're doing in 2024. You may have seen a jukebox show yesterday, but that was actually recorded on December 31st. So this is the first show in the new year that we're recording. So, well, so Coop, so here's, here's something I want, uh, I think, I don't know if we've talked about it in years past. So new year's traditions. Not necessarily cigar related, and we can get our guests to weigh in on this topic as well. Yep. Black, where do you stand on the black IP tradition? The black IP tradition. Eating um, black IP peas on the New Year spring it brings good. It is brings this something good you're not familiar with? Yeah, wow. no, I had. I took me a second to process oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah I was I, like, um, it's like, not really. Stump big, him on this. Not really a big one for me. Not really a big one for me. Like not uh, I don't, big as I don't, you don't like the way they taste, or not big as in the way like it's not a big tradition for you and the family. Both. Interesting. Both. Yeah. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's not. No. But I don't. I don't poo poo on anybody for for that. You know, if they want to do it, that's totally fine. Okay. Man, I. Man, I make some fucking killer black eyed peas. Well, I'm I'm, 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 I, I'm open to have them. I'm open to have them. Yeah. Oh, because I'm just. It, yeah. I, no, you're it not. Has not been a tra- it has not been a tradition in in the Cooper house. Uh, for my life. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Well, one, one year we need to ring in the, the new year coupon and, and we can, uh, you can we, have we my were black talk- eyed peas. We were talking. Yeah. We have to do that. We were, I know we were talking about this, so, um, I'm definitely game for it. Yeah. To, to have a holiday together. I think it'll be great. Actually. It'd be fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, man. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to this show. I've been looking, Looking forward to it for a while. I know it's been a long time coming. So uh, why don't we why don't we welcome in our guest today, Coop? Yeah, yeah. Um, yo, before we do that, um, I just want to mention we the co- we were planning on having the whole coalition team here tonight. Um, uh, Aaron wasn't feeling too good, and the worst thing you can do is do a show when you don't feel good. Uh, ben is Absolutely. traveling, so we will still have to yeah. make this happen there before PCA. We'll we'll have a we'll have a group show before PCA. So so we're not going to ban, but I think it was time to really uh, introduce. Uh, not our guest tonight, but member, new member of the team. So, Bear, am I doing the honors or are you doing the honors? I'll let you decide. I know. You know. Let's let's go ahead. I mean, let's go ahead. Without further ado. Yep. It is my privilege uh, to welcome in the newest member of the Cigar Coop Coalition, Mr. Trip Waldrop of Let's Get yes. Caring. Trip, welcome back to primetime. We're happy to have you. Thank you, guys. Uh, it, it, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this as as we go. But it really, it truly is an honor to be joining the Coop team. Uh, Coop has really, like, Coop kind of inspired my getting into the media, and uh, it just means a lot to me. So thank you, guys. No, Happy it, to be Trip, 
trip. It's actually the other way around too. Um, you know, as I was coming up and I started watching you on Cigar Chat and sharing our pairings, um, you can learn a lot from really good guys out there, and and I always enjoy tuning in. And more importantly, I learned a lot from from what you did. Uh, not just from a cigar knowledge and pairings knowledge, but just how to really just conduct a show and everything. So, it's an honor as well. Uh, I think I could speak for Bear and the rest of the team for that. Thank you. I I really appreciate that, guys. No, no, it's uh, it's a, it's a, you know, like I said, uh, we, we're gonna do you in right. Um, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm excited, Bear. I mean, you, uh, and we're gonna get into a little bit of, I know the story tonight. Um, with this, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. But we have to do some housekeeping first, Bear. Of course, always. So, I'm gonna participate in this tonight too. But I'll, I'll let you first have Me the too. ritual. Okay. Yes. But go ahead, Bear. Guy Bear, you okay. go first. I may have a little twist with mine tonight, uh, but this is the second where we pick what, what's going to be smoked. Okay. So, Trip, if you would do me the honor, sir, I have five cigars for you to choose from tonight, but I also have a twist as well. So, uh, I have the Crux Epicure Habano Corona. Ooh. I have the J.C. Newman Angel Cuesta Toro. Ooh, I haven't had that one yet. It's good. You can have it by proxy if it's your choice. The Pistani can the Pistani Connecticut. All right. Uh Espinosa box press crema. The uh, number one cigar of the year from uh, LS from our takes. Well, last year, shameless plug. Uh top ten list is coming out this pos- this next week. Again, shameless plug. There we go. And uh Cosmag- <laughs> Colorado Robusto, former number one award winner itself. Absolutely. Isn't that, wasn't that like the first or second number one winner? It was the OG, man. 08, man. 2008, right, Coop? It goes back. It was one of the earliest. It was earlier than that. No, it was was definitely 2008. Yeah. It's nuts. They're smoking. They're smoking the best, as good as they ever have right now. They're fantastic. I'm going to start you off nice and easy with the Paustania Connecticut. Okay. All right. Well, hold on, Coop. I got more. Oh. I think, am, I I think drink, we, am I drinking? Yeah, but I think uh, we have the same twist. <laughs> Talisker, single malt, 10 year. Oh, I love a Talisker. Uh, Luna Zul Anejo Tequila. Or Russell Reserve, six year age rye. Uh, since I already chose the cigar, I'm going to pick the Talisker. There's a toss-up between the Talisker and the Lunazul, but I think the Talisker will pair better. There we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So I have the same. I did the same, Bear. We we actually didn't plan. We actually didn't talk about this. Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi. What no, no. I have I have a hard stuff tonight. But <laughs> oh, I, was gonna do, well. I was going to do soda if Nielsen was on, but um, but he's not on, so I'm going to go harder. So, so let me give you, let me give you my <laughs> so let me give you my my uh my cigars first, and you can change it if you think because my pairings are going to suck. I'll tell you that. But all right, I have a Bishop's Blend Corona Gorda. And this is a well-aged one. This has got to be three or four years old. Nice. All right. I almost grabbed one of those for my, oh, my nice. pile. I went with a Camacho Broadleaf. Nice. 
And then I went with a, this is a hard one to get. This is an EPC Pledge of Allegiance. Whoa. Oh, shit. I haven't even okay. seen those yet. You, okay. You, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. They're gone. Yeah, so I, okay. I have those three. And then I'll just say what my spirits are because they suck, but I don't know if they suck, but I have some. I'm going with travel size ones, as you can see. Uh, Diplomatico rum. I have Jameson Irish whiskey. <laughs> and then I know this will, I know I'm going to get crap for this. Uh, Jack Daniels number two. So. It, well, it's number seven. It's number seven. I'm sorry. Number I seven. I, 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 <laughs> I can't read. Yes, it is number seven. Um, yeah, Diplomatico is an easy pick. Okay, so I'm going Very, with the. So I'm going with Diplomatico. And, which and I got to see you smoke that pleasure of allegiance. All right. <laughs> there we go. So so I will do. I think I got this from. I think this little bottle came courtesy of Rafael Nadal, by the way. So shout out to Rafael Nadal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the difficult. Yeah. yeah I think they did send, send Diplomatico out. Yeah. They, uh, so. Uh, All right. So now you guys are picking what I'm smoking. Okay. So oh, I've, shit. I've got. Okay. Oh, man. What twists and turns all over the place. I don't know what to do. A Warzone uh, Short Churchill. Ooh, nice. A Hemingway Classic. Right. A Murcielago. An Adventura Navigator. Nice. nice. A Black and Corona. Or, uh, unfortunately, not the OG release, but a recent release, Viaje Leaded uh, Torah. I haven't seen those in a while, yeah. They just did a new release in like uh, oh, they October did. or so. I yeah. missed that one. Okay, they're gone already. That wow, as usual, you know, with Yahe. Yeah, yeah. So is bear, this stuff still flying? Is this still stuff flying? Depends on what it is. Like I'm not. Yeah, I was depends say, I'm what not, shop I'm it not, is too. It depends on the shop yeah. and and you know certain like you know when he comes out with the super shots probably in a month or so they're gone. They go so yeah. fast those super shots. Um, so you the, just the, don't know the candy canes too, the candy canes fly area, the, and then like the all the Thanksgiving shit too. Yeah, that were good this year. I had one of the, I think I had the dark meat, it's really good. I enjoyed it. The dark meat's the one I like too. Yeah, that was a really good blend. So, uh, um, Coop, am I picking pick. the cigar? Or are you picking the cigar? You could pick it. Uh, let's do since you, you came up with the tradition, so it's it, it's fair. Let's do the navigator. All right, Navigator. Adventure. Adventure. Fucking love that cigar. That's a great That's, that's a great really cigar. under... Yeah. Uh, You know, I actually bear... I have to put the awards in, right? For You know, because we got awards at the trade show. And I, mm-hmm. I actually made the note. We have to replace their award um, because the, the award was lost in the fire. Mm-hmm. And Henderson mentioned it to me. Oh, and I man. said, of course, we'll replace it. Yeah. So yeah. uh, I am going to replace that, and we'll give that to him at the trade show because uh, he got number two cigar on Coop with the Queen's Pearl a couple of years ago. Yeah, you had mine too, and I I replaced it this past year. I was fortunate enough. To yeah, I, well, I couldn't get it done. Season. I couldn't get it done in time. Uh, yeah. the engraving, and it's, and honestly, it's a better price if I put it in with all the other awards. So I just you know I think he'll he, you know, he'll understand that. But I am going to replace that one as well. Well, you know, it only took me four years to get skipped his award, so <laughs> I uh, still have you know. I still have like a couple of COVID awards. Like I gotta look forget who they are, but I have two awards saying people from <laughs> that, was Co- that was that was yeah, for me for Skip. Yeah, it was a he was a COVID award. Well, you forgot one year to give it to him last year. Because yeah. year, year well, three yeah, 
fucked it up. Yeah. No. It and was you a almost we had. It's not know, like we live. It's not like we live in the same goddamn state or anything. No. No. You know? <laughs> no. No. It's not. So. No. So. But, oh, it smells yeah, good. It was, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. So. so. Um. But all no, all good. Uh, yeah. So are you are you going to parrot trip? Or are you are you giving us the choice? Yes, are we all doing I, the same I, thing. I, I didn't have the idea of doing a choice for parrot. That's okay. Um, so I've already poured, but I am having some. This is <laughs> I, I picked this up on a whim. <laughs> it's I I I just wasn't smart enough to think of. It. Um, oh, nice, dude. This is some mezcal sacrificio, which is it's a house brand for total wine, but most of the house brands are like at least drinkable, uh, and I find this pretty good. Nice. And then I'm also having a pastryarchy from Duclaw, uh, which is their dessert stout series, and this is a chocolate cherry stout. Uh, yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Yep. Nice. 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 Good stuff, man. Um, I know we're gonna. I know we're gonna get into this. I mean, what? I mean, we just want to go ahead and dive in here and start. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Um, but I think we have to put trip. I. I don't know because I. I've had trip on panel shows before, but I don't think we've ever had him on as like, you know, in a guest role. Even like I said, he's not the guest tonight. But we're like we're. But we, I think because he's like popping the cherry on the show tonight, uh, I think we should ask the, the oh. question we ask all of our guests first uh, on primetime. Trip, what was your first experience like with a premium cigar? All right. I, I remember it. Um, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think <laughs> most the right, of us do. Step like, in the right direction. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, for a lot of people, they started smoking cigars and then eventually they kind of geeked out about it. Uh, but I was like, like you guys, I'm sure, kind of geeking out from the get-go. Um, it was 2005-ish. I believe it was 2005. Uh, and it would have been on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend. We had a tradition for a while until both of my grandparents on my father's side passed. Uh, we had a tradition of going to a cabin uh, right on the Algonquin River, I think it was, in uh, in North Virginia. And we would rent this this little cabin because uh, most of my family's in Virginia, and we would spend five or six days uh, leading up to, and then a couple days after Thanksgiving. But ever since I was uh, not old enough to partake in, I don't know, probably around the late '90s, maybe 2000 or so, my uncle would have cigars, and I always was, you know, kind of curious, but. Uh, Never, never really tried to sneak one or anything like that. Um, and then his, both of his daughters, my cousins, got married. And so then for a couple of years, it was my uncle and his two son-in-laws. And they would be outside seven or eight hours a day smoking cigars. And then one year, uh, I would have been 21. So it was, it was, you know, I'd been able to drink a little bit. Uh, and I had smoked a couple of, I don't know, gas station cigars, which aren't, <laughs> you know, th these weren't the days of being able to pick up a, uh, a punch in a, in a, a fresh pack. Uh, the only gas station cigars were Garcia, like Garcia Vegas, Gar Garcia Vegas, Phillips. man, the Coronas. Yeah. Cool. So that's, that was my only barometer. Um, and I was like, why don't I join you guys? And then we spent, I don't know, an entire day smoking cigars and drinking whiskey the next day we drove into dc and we went to jr cigar and i you know bought my first handfuls of premium cigars 
Uh, but the very first one, my uncle still to this day buys most of his cigars from JR. And it was a JR alternative for the uh, Romeo and Julieta bully. So it was like a nice. I don't know, five by 52 kind of Robusto um, that was, you know, of unknown origin, I guess. But, you know, it, it got me hooked. Nice. And I remember they always get, for years, they gave me shit because I could, I would just suck down cigars. Like, I could, I would smoke a Robusto in 20 minutes because, you know, I didn't know how to smoke cigars. I think the following year I fixed that, but that first year it was, uh, it, like, I got teased for that out. for years. Yeah. Plowing through cigars. Yep. Coop's the nurser. I can nurse a cigar. I thought I was slow until I met Coop and John McTavish. McTavish, but McTavish doesn't nurse it. He's just slow. You know what I'm saying? He's just a slow smoker. I've completely gone the opposite direction where some days now I'll light a cigar at 9 a.m. and I won't be done with it until noon because I, you know, I, I start doing something and I let it go out for five minutes and then I relight it and then I just barely keep it going for most of the time and once in a while it goes out. Yeah, it's um and by the way, my first experience was a JR cigar as well. Really? Yes, mine was definitely a first experience. Uh it wasn't oh, I thought it, it was the CAO. The CAO. Well, that was the first brand I kind of embraced. Got it. But the first like the first time I put a cigar in my mouth, it wasn't the CAO, it was a JR. But the first brand like I went in off the shelf and got because I was given the JR one. I was with someone. They gave it to me. The first brand I bought was the CAO Brasilia. So that is, that is correct. But but that was not my first smoke is what I'll say. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Mine, so. Yeah. Mine was a mine was a Fonseca back when uh, SAG imports or Quesada today. So I loved those old Fonsecas back in the day. Yeah. Remember the, remember the triangulari they did? Yeah, yeah. At uh, and then a few years ago, Bear they did the remember we did the Casada uh, Bayern, which was based on that triangularity size. Right. Uh, that was a, that was a, that was a fun show, man. That was, that a, was fun a fun show. show. Way back we that was number special edition thirteen. We did that with Terrence. Um, which you, I remember that was the first time I ever had Terrence on a on a show when when that wow. Bayern came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh he was you know we just couldn't get him uh when we were at Stogie Geeks it was tough and then when I was able to start this show we were able to make it happen now we can't get ri- you know now we can't get rid of him but uh yeah I mean that's how it goes with Terrence <laughs> they go Terrence yeah but you can't get rid of him so uh no he's all it's all good with that um so to speak with that so uh no excellent as well uh but and then the other thing is you said 2005 so you started smoking about two years before I did oh really yeah yeah I was. I started smoking when I was 21. Okay. Like, I was as soon as I was I could, closer to 40. So God, I just you guys, decided you guys to try are, it out. I, this is, this is, you know, it's really comical to me that I've been smoking longer than the most of like our friends and colleagues in cigar media. And like, everyone has smoked more than me. I feel like no, I, definitely has. I Nielsen mean, I definitely has. I think, I think, I mean, I, cause I mean, Nielsen hasn't been smoking for that long, but he's, he's fucking caught up, man. No, he has it. Uh, no, yeah. he he's uh I mean yeah, he just that guy uh my goodness. I think he smokes the most of anyone on the team. Yes, hands down. Ben maybe second. I, I might be close. Ben, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that, now I don't know uh, yeah. Habits. Yeah. 
I'm but definitely I, the least. So, but you know, actually, crazy. I just this is only my second cigar of 2024. I did smoke my first cigar earlier today. I was reviewing something, wow. but I did not have a New Year's smoke because I just I was all congested. I couldn't retro. So uh, yeah, I I just said I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna torture myself, and uh, I wanted to clear it up. And you know, I'm cleared up, and I got a review in today. So uh, yeah, I smoked I smoked the Cinco y Cinco from Hoy de Nicaragua yesterday. Um, it's a good cigar, good really good yeah. cigar. That's that amazing. was that great the, cigar. It's good stuff. The Cinco y Cinco, uh, I I got it at the show, but when I came home, that was the best cigar I took home from the show. So I think there's two things. What's the best cigar you have on the trade show floor? And then what's the best mm-hmm. cigar you take home? That was the best one I took home. It was the it was La Romana Cuba, Connecticut was the best on the trade show floor. Yeah. 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 I I definitely agree with the La Romana Cuba. Um best cigar I took home. Uh I can't remember what the Vitola like what the name of the Vitola is, but it was the box pressed uh Oh God! We're at a company. Oh, shoot. No, it's yes, yeah, the Volstead. I can't remember which one's the box press though. Oh, I, is that I the Livingstone? Is that the Livingstone? Yeah. It might yeah. be Livingstone. Yeah, I think so. but yeah, that was that was my favorite. Yeah, um, on the floor. That was, or excuse me, the favorite that I took home rather, and the favorite on the floor was the Romanacuba, Connecticut. That was fantastic. Yep. So it's so a trip, yeah. Well, uh, you you smoked cigars. When did you make this? Like this? When? How did you get into cigar media? Would be my next thing. Is uh, you you obviously doing your thing, and there had to be a path that eventually led you into. What yeah. You were doing. So, it it was kind. Of, it was it was pretty much completely on accident. So early on, very shortly, like within months after I started smoking, I found. Uh, I can't remember the original. Cigar, not Cigar Asylum. That was the second one. There was some cigar form that I got on. And then there was a big rift. So there was a big rift that happened in like 2006 or so, 2007, where like the admins of whatever the site was, it had been Stogie Puff or something like that. Um, It wasn't Puff because Puff bought it. And then all of the admins were mad. So they started Cigar Asylum. And that's where Cigar Asylum came from. Um, but I spent a long time, you know, just getting to know people, going to her stuff like that. This was in the mid two thousands, uh, and somewhere around then I started listening to Dog Watch Social Club, and that was like I was I was hooked on that show, man. I could not get enough of it. And as far as I remember, like that was the first time I'd ever even heard of a podcast. And, you know, I'm pretty up on tech, but podcasts were very, very young at that point. Trip, there were two. Like, I remember it was Dog Watch and Stogie Fresh. Yeah. That's what we were listening to back in 2009. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And then I think when Dog Watch ended is kind of when I, I don't remember when that was, maybe 2010-ish. Uh, But whenever it ended, I kind of fell off of, of, you know, going to Herfs and stuff like that. I had moved to the West Coast, and uh, I would herf with some of the local guys there, but I wasn't as involved in being online. But then I started watching uh, Cigar Federation and Dougie Geeks, 
and through <laughs> from from finding out about it through Cigar Federation back we, when you guys we, were we were actually broadcasting. Them. Yeah, we were partnering with them for the first couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's when you know I started watching those shows. I started watching Logan and Rob and you guys, um, uh, and that kind of got me back into being a cigar geek. You know, I I had my humidor the whole time. I smoked cigars the whole time. But there was a, a couple of years where I was like, you know, once every three weeks kind of cigar guy. Yep. Um, and then I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Oh, it was Logan had reached out to me because I had gotten to know Logan through going to Nicaragua with him in 2015 and stuff. And sometime after that first trip to Nicaragua, he had texted me or messaged me and said, hey, I need a co-host for the show tonight. Uh, is anybody willing? Like he had sent out a group message, like anybody willing to fill in, and I was like, "Sure, I could try that." I'm really timid, and I, I don't feel comfortable on camera. I don't like talking to people that much. Um, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a social guy. I'm very quiet, and I still am. But I, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to put on the mask since then. Um, and so we interviewed Storm Bowen from cigars for warriors he mm -hmm. called me trent the whole show <laughs> which became a running joke for years with some people trippy trent. Uh, yeah that's where trippy trent, trippy came, trippy from trent came from okay he yeah misheard my name and then was calling me trent and it got to the point where i like i didn't want to interrupt him because he talks quickly and yes yep. uh very uh. He, he's very good at like giving an answer that's a five minute answer where you don't have a chance to interject and i didn't yeah. want to interject he's in the middle of one of those Exactly. Yeah, it's great story. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic interview. Um, but I didn't want to interject in the middle of one of the stories and be like, actually, it's trip. Um, so I just let it roll. Which Excuse was me, sir. <laughs> yeah. And then so that was like my first like, wow, that was actually a lot of fun. I I feel like I did okay at that. And then when Rob left Cigar Federation is when I really uh entered the cigar media, I guess, because Rob left uh and I, as soon as I heard he was leaving, I messaged the surgeon and I said, if you need anybody to fill in, let me know. And so he said, well, I don't have a co-host for next week, so let's find a cigar and do a show. And at the end of the show, he said, all right, well, I guess you're my new co-host. Because uh, that went really well and we get along really well. That sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Um, yeah, very, very familiar with that story. And so that's how I ended up hosting about about a year of sharing our pairings and i kind of um i th i think at first i was kind of john was kind of the host but then at some point i think i took over as the host i'm not really sure how that worked i guess we were co-hosts for a while but then john made the decision to leave cigar federation and that's when i kind of became the actually no before that logan left cigar federation logan which was left. when they needed somebody to start hosting cigar chat because Logan was gone. And Rob was um, was Rob gone yet? Yeah, Rob had already been gone. I was filling in. Me and John were kind of trading off to co-host yeah. cigar chat. And then Logan didn't want to do it anymore and was about to leave and sell the company. So I just kind of naturally took over cigar chat. Um, and so for, you know, two, two and a half or three years, I was just running the cigar media branch of cigar federation just kind of on accident i just kind of fell but, into it uh, but i had a lot of fun doing it it was very you stressful stick around long enough and people leave 
Yeah. Except I for guess... here, except for except for with the Cigar Coup Coalition. That's, that's we we have like ne- I keep yeah. we have never lost a member yet. Um, let me stick around do... for a little while and we'll find out. Maybe it's been <laughs> me the whole time. <laughs> oh, we uh, it's unbelievable. It, it, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it you Cigar Federation, um was big i mean people mm-hmm. may not you know it's it's because cigar federation has been gone for about a few years now but in its heyday i'm telling you cigar federation right we when when logan came to us saying hey do you want to run stogie geeks through federation we were a new show at the time and we didn't hesitate yeah. it was like yeah i mean we we it was always going to be a, you know eventually we were going to go to our own platform we knew that and logan knew that it was but um it was a big part of us growing that sh- growing was on that federation platform it was it yeah was i mean red hot that's that how point. i find out about it. yeah yeah it was because you didn't have streaming on facebook back then yeah so exactly. you didn't have streaming on facebook youtube live was still in its infancy you know we were using blip back then for our for putting <laughs> our videos out there so so yeah it was a great and it was a great community that you got and running those two shows mm-hmm. um you know, you did a great job. I mean, uh, the uh, Cigar Chat w- was always one of the top shows and always had great guests. And then, you know, what you guys built with sharing our pairings, which I want to say that was the OG pairing show. As far as I know, there wasn't really another one. And it occurred to me at some point pretty late. Uh, this would have been when we were still doing sharing our pairings. It occurred to me like, Man, this show is what kind of inspired me to to start doing pairing. Like I had always, I have a couple of other uh, Yodas in my pairing journey, but that was the show that made me really start being critical of it in my head a little bit more. And at some point around the episode two hundred, I realized Rob left at like episode fifty. Yeah, that show that show got me to get into it, and then I carried the show for three more years after that um which was crazy to me to kind of reflect on um i I couldn't have done it without robin surgeon coming up with the idea in the first place no absolutely they uh they did great you know rob really created cigar chat from the i mean that Mm -hmm. was originally what it it was a chat i don't think it was even a show when it originally started where yeah originally it was just a chat room it was a chat room where he got people from the industry in there to chat um, so then and that thing just evolved over the years as well. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's what we do. We evolve the, with the technology. No, it was, a, like I said, it was a, a wonderful platform. Um, and like I said, there was a, just a lot going on with Cigar Federation. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking 2014 and 15 was really the heyday of, of that for sure. Yeah. Um, and it just, I know, Federation, like you mentioned, Puff, you mentioned some of these, uh, you know, Cigar Asylum, you know, there was also BOTL, but then Federation really for a while became that hub. Yeah, uh, the new and hub. The new hub. And, and you had that chat room, which was like. Yeah, which was that, on fire for a long time. That was the ultimate um, party phone line. I mean, that you had, had on. Yeah. So the, literally, if folks don't remember on, on Cigar Federation, it was a chat room and pictures everyone who was logged on to Scudder Federation would be in this chat room. And then sometimes someone from the industry would be, you know, in there and they just comment yeah. and it was, yeah. And then, of course, yeah. And then suddenly it, it really was at a time when things like, uh, what's that thing that people use now? 
that Discord. Uh, not Discord, the one where you can just kind of jump in, where you have a room open and people just jump in and out. But people do use Discord for it now. Um, some other app. That whereby? Yeah, Whereby. Yeah, Whereby, yeah. Um, it was like that where it was it was only text chat, but you would just show up on your lunch break or whatever on your phone and I don't know. Andre Farkas is just hanging out in the chat. He's just yeah answering questions. Yeah, you just wouldn't know who would be there. And it, it really felt like at the time walking into a cigar lounge and you don't know who's going to be in there until you get there. Yeah. I know one of the big people say when Cigar Chat and Cigar Federation changed is when that chat room one day wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember when that went away, it was I think it was a big mistake when that ha- I mean I know it wasn't your call when that happened, but yeah. He's not blaming you, Trip. Yeah. He's blaming you. No, I'm not blaming yeah. Trip at all. No, it was a Trip at all. <laughs> hey, that was before my time. No, Logan will admit he's the one who yet. killed it. Logan yeah, will exactly. admit, Logan will admit he was the one who killed it. There's no secret with that. Uh, so, well, no. So, Trip, you've been doing this for a while. This is always, I think, this is a fun question to ask like fellow media members because it was, it was. I have to tell you, it, like, it's it's happened a few times, and we're gonna talk about the setting here in a little bit, but like, um, it's happened a few times for me, and it's still, it's still incredibly surreal. When someone re- someone in the wild at a cigar shop or whatever recognizes you, yes. What talk talk to me talk to us about your your first uh, and or your favorite experience with that? Um, I don't know. There have definitely been a few. Um the the one that's most notable was at IPCPR PCA now in. 2017 i think it was at the what year was it where the the cops kicked everyone out of the roma party and they had that picture of mike in the hallway that looking was like eight, a g that was, uh, that was 18 18 okay yep. so it, this would have been an 18 because it was at that party that <laughs> night and uh a guy we all know but i didn't know at the time tyler jeffrey yeah came up to me and was like hey man i love your stuff same party. i was like what yeah, same thing did the same thing to me too uh i I was just kind of in shock that like that was the that was absolutely the first time somebody walked up to me and said like, "Hey man, I'm a fan." And yeah. it was like, "Whoa, people actually watch this stuff." Um, I mean, you know, it, there are times where it feels like we're just speaking into ether, and it's cathartic at the least. Um, and there's other times where you feel like people are really paying attention, which is uh nice to have that reassurance. Um. And then also, I mean, one guy who I don't know if he's still watching, but he was watching Eric's. Um, he says, I'm a huge celebrity in Southeast Portland. But those guys, I, you know, I would just go to cigar events and I knew a couple people previously <coughs> that knew what I did. And then there was one or two guys that I met and I was like, hey, man, nice to meet you. I'm Trip. And they're like, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. You're the guy from Cigar Federation. I'm like, whoa, you watch that? <laughs> and uh it's you know it's it's surreal every time um every time and it yeah. i don't know it it feels weird to me um uh, part of me wants to be like it's it's not worth it I, it's too much fame for me to have uh every every eight months have a, a guy in a cigar shop recognized um but i know that that's just my 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 shyness trying to keep me down <laughs> that's good trip was there an interview that you had that was like 
you had to pinch yourself to say, wow, I'm, I'm actually interviewing this guy. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, th I think the big one, which to people now probably makes sense, but it, like to me felt crazy was interviewing Pete Johnson for the first time. I've since yeah. interviewed him probably a dozen times right. on different shows and in mm -hmm. person. And I, I now know him personally. So it like, it's, it's a lot different now, but the first time I interviewed him, it was like, man, when I first, like within three months of getting into cigars, I found out about this brand called Tatuji. And I was really into the stuff they were making. Uh, and then they, it came out that they had a red label version. Um, a lot of my, like my, my probably first seven or eight years in cigars was completely focused on my father. Like my father was the first cigar that was like, wow, I can't believe how good cigars can actually be. Um, and you know, that care that still carries through that. There's some of my favorite cigars. I think my palate has gotten a little bit better so I can better identify why they're better and why other cigars are better than they used to be and stuff like that. Um, but interviewing Pete for the first time was pretty surreal. Um, just the fact that I had followed this guy since he was, you know, in his early twenties. Uh, and I was reading about him in cigar aficionado and other magazines and, finding random interviews on the internet uh, to being able to just sit down and talk to him was wild. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Bear, how about you? I mean, just curious on yours with that question. The, the surreal moment or the moment I knew I like arrived. Um, kind of more, I'm looking more of the, I was actually, you could, you could answer those. Um, I was also going to ask you about, you know, the interview that you just had to pinch yourself on. Well, I think I've had a few, um on this show uh it was really it was really great i had met him um way back uh, early on and and you know i just had a freaking fanboy meltdown when i met leo gomez for the first time mm -hmm. my, my former general manager loves to tell the story um like he's almost like he's a dad telling the embarrassing the, the story about the embarrassing kid and look what they did and stuff but i was a uh, it was a pretty surreal moment for, to meet him, but when we got the opportunity to interview him, it was on this show. It was it was very very cool, uh, and it just was very. It was kind of like full circle for me, because you know while I was still very excited and still very geeked out, like I was also, you know, I've done this a few times now, so it's it wasn't like like oh, I forgot words, you know, it wasn't yeah. like any of that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that. surprisingly for me, I've never had that happen where I'm like starstruck by somebody i've been yeah. at those pinch yourself moments but i don't get like yeah. starstruck and flustered which is good i guess yeah. for the what yeah we do. no for sure and i like pete was a really great he was a great uh interview for me on on my 100th show like that was the that was really great to have him um carlita fuente of course i uh, man i know it was only like a five minute interview coop at pca a couple years back but man george, uh, george padron yeah that was, I, I, that was yeah. just classic yeah, that was classic. So. Yeah, that was. Um, and because I had interviewed him before, uh, he's a and he's a tough interview. I just tell you that right now, he does not make it easy in an interview. Not that he doesn't want to do the interview, but he is he is going to try to challenge you at every point. Um, that was great that we got him on that. Um, because he's just tough to get at the trade show. Um, yeah, for mine, sure. Yeah, mine was Jose Sejas, and I had a chance to interview uh -huh. him twice. Um, oh wow. 
And, you know, again, a lot of people may not be familiar with Jose Sejas. He is he's the brainchild behind a lot of the stuff at Altidus. Uh The Monte Cristos, the Romeo Julieta is a come out of the Dominican. He ran that factory. Uh, he started Matilde Cigar that his son owns right now. But I had a chance to interview him twice. And, you know, I don't think he's doing interviews anymore because uh, of health reasons. But, um, it, it you know, to have that opportunity for because almost everyone has probably smoked the Jose Cejas blend. Yes. So, yeah. uh, and I was never thought I'd get an opportunity to talk to like to someone like that from at the time. You know, it was very, very hard to get a big four interview with anybody. It was. I mean, it still yeah. is. Um, and uh, you know, we we got with that. We we've been fortunate on this show, and I think Trip, you probably interviewed someone from the big four at one point or another too. So it's yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it was a tough at the time, two thousand. I think we did the first one in 2014 with Jose Sayas. It was a tough one to get. I happened to get to know Enrique. And through Enrique, I was able to, you know, he was able to set that up with his father. So it was a great opportunity for me. Uh, you know, I just, that's definitely, um, I'll just mention my moment. Um, I was asked for, I was asked to take a picture in Vegas when I wasn't in Vegas for cigars. I was there for uh, my previous <laughs> job. And someone recognized me outside the Davidoff store and wanted a picture with me. Wow. So I was like, and I was like kind of taken aback. I, I, I did it. You know, it was like, you know, I was like, why do you want to pick? I had to, why do you want a picture with me in my head? But, you know, you want a picture with me. So I, I did it. You know, I just tried to be very humble about it. And uh, I was very thankful for it, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, that's it, awesome. It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I was at a park once. With my kids, this guy was like doing like those workouts that they have in pull up parks and stuff like that. I noticed he had a cane hat on, or excuse me, a nub like hat on, and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, "Oh, cool, nub, that's cool." Um, and then he like he kept looking at me, kind of funny, and then he was like, "Are you bear? Excuse me, are you bear?" I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "Oh man, I love the show." And it's like just that was completely out of nowhere. There's like no cigar context whatsoever. Um, yeah, you're like, what was, show? Yeah. The wire? <laughs> no, uh, wasn't I wasn't that I uh, wasn't that sharp, man. But uh, the uh, but yeah, that was just a really surreal moment for me. Um, but it was cool. It's really great. I've done you know I, you know in my day job I was doing product demonstration at a software program that I work for, and it happened to me twice where the person I was doing basically a sales call for knew knew who I was. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of funny too. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's trip. You're in cigar media, but uh, obviously, you have really become renowned for your work around pairings as well. What got you into pairings? All right, so that was um, when I first moved to Portland. Well, I guess before I moved to Portland, I had always, when I started getting into cigars, I had also gotten into whiskey. So I had been drinking, you know, some Johnny Walkers. And this was, again, early 20s. Like, I was 20, 21 to 23 at this point, where I was just kind of checking out whiskey and getting used to dr drinking a whiskey with my cigar kind of thing. Um, but then when I moved to Portland, I met a guy who McTavish really reminds me a lot of him in some ways. Uh, this was a guy, he's... Uh, he was a lot older than me, but he hung out with the same group of guys that I had met online 
we had very similar interests. He was into scotch. He was into cigars. He was into motorcycles. Um, and he would have herfs at his house. And then he started talking about how he doesn't really drink anymore, but he basically was, imagine McTavish if he was um, a legal software consultant, salary-wise. So this guy was a consultant for companies like Microsoft who would, he was a, I forgot what he called it, but like a, a paid witness. So you would hire him to be the expert on cybersecurity in this court case kind of thing. Oh, and interesting. He had the craziest selection of scotch I've ever seen. He said he, he would always be like, yeah, I don't really drink anymore by myself, but I collect and I like showing it off to people. So this guy would bring out, uh, he had a lot of like McTavish has the, uh, the malt society bottles or the single malt whiskey society kind of bottles that are like, this is a, it was barreled in 1965. Jeez. And then in the eighties, the distillery closed down. And then in the nineties, this other company bought it. So this has been aging from the sixties and it was bottled in 2000. And he would be like, try it. And, and he taught me, so much about whiskey and let me try all of these insane whiskeys um as far as cigars he had two aristocrat m's which if you know anything about humidors is a crazy humidor yep. oh, one yeah. for aging cubans and one for cubans that have already been aged long enough to smoke. wow um so i got to try all sorts of crazy cigars with him this was the same group of guys that i had a guy give me a uh a mid-90s cohiba lancera and on a third of the way through, he's like, how is that? And I said, well, it's a little plug, but I'm trying to work out the knot or something like that. And he slaps it out of my hand. He says, life's too bad, for, too short for good, for bad cigars. Life's <laughs> too short for bad cigars. And he just gave me another one. True story. And it like, that was, that was the first moment where I was like, this guy just gave me a hundred dollar cigar and smashed it in the ashtray and then gave me another one. Like, I don't even know how to repay that. But these guys taught me so much about how to taste and how to think about, like, it got to the point where we would go over to this guy's house and we would have a night of trying all these crazy scotches and we would have food pairings to go with every scotch and a meat pairing and a cigar pairing for each scotch. Um, just kind of on the fly, figuring out what goes best together. Um, but yeah, they that group of guys taught me so much about what I know now, and I, they were they were my true Yoda. Um, and that's what really got me into pairing. So that was when I would, you know, I, that was when I became willing to, on whatever my meager salary was at the time, spend 60 or $70 on a bottle of whiskey that I probably shouldn't have been buying at that time, but I needed to try it because I had heard from somebody about how it had this particular flavor note that I needed to try myself. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, five or, five or so years later was when I started to get into sharing our pairings and uh, kind of started exercising those muscles again. That's awesome. Nice. The uh, I guess the, the follow-up to that uh, trip is this, like, so you started doing pairings and stuff. Like, what, uh, looking back, and I know this is putting you a little bit on the spot, but, like, what was the strangest pairing you had? That actually worked, you know. 
I can tell you the strangest pairing I've ever had that actually worked, which I haven't gone back to in a very long time. Uh, I'm I'm frankly afraid to try it again because it's such a weird pairing, but I tried it once and I was like, holy shit, how does that work? Um, but it was kind of the, what I call the a Maduro of all. The, the Maduros of like the late 90s, early 2000s, where Maduro was very sweet. Like, yeah, it, it's it, that style of Maduro has really gone away now where a Maduro now is typically very spicy and intense. But there was a time where it was like syrupy sweet. Um, one of the cigars that I remember being like that was the Rocky Patel Edge Maduro, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it had like that really intense, rich sweetness. Um, and I came up with a crazy idea to try that with orange juice. And against all odds, like <laughs> the acidity of orange juice made that sweetness pop even more, but at the same time, kind of balanced it out with the sourness. I feel like it would be a terrible pairing, like pairing chocolate with orange juice. Um, but I remember it working really well. I'm trying to think of what no. the what the weirdest might be besides that, because that wasn't even on a show. That was just uh well some of those beers that dennis gave us over the years yeah i've had some bizarre beers that i've paired with uh with cigars mostly from dennis yeah i'm trying to think of some of the weirdest ones i had a pickle lager uh, oh which i don't think it paired well but it was a weird beer i was gonna say the uh the clamshell yeah, there was the one that had like oysters and seaweed stout or, or something like that. Yeah, that Dennis found us. Uh, that one was pretty weird. Um, nice, very good. Yeah, I, I can't think of one that's like absolutely bizarre off the top of my head, other than the ones we just we just talked about. Did any ones that were the worst? Like, man, don't don't recommend. You know. Didn't work I don't out. think I've had anything that I don't know if it's more because I am pretty selective about my pairings. Um at least on the show. On the show, I'm I'm pretty selective about like I try to think about my pairings. Um I'm not usually just throwing shit against the wall and seeing what happens. I have at least a little bit of thought behind like this cigar looks like it's probably gonna be, or I've heard that it is, or I know that it is spicy. So I want um, kind of intense pairings to go with it. I have had a few like um, one that comes to mind is a Neanderthal with like a Glen Morangi or one of those kind of lighter, uh, sweeter scotches that just get steamrolled by the cigar completely. And it just it just tastes like spicy water. Um, I know that there was one time that uh, Robbie had ginger ale with a cigar that he thought was awful. I think ginger ale's pretty pretty good with most cigars. Ginger ale, not yeah. ginger beer, though. Ginger beer is a different animal. Yes, ginger beer I wouldn't go with. Yeah, I tried that cocktail. once. and that was, Too astringent, man. Too astringent. I, yeah, but, yeah, but ginger ale same, goes well, I agree. In the same vein, I absolutely do not recommend most sours. Um, like, especially a traditional sour. Um, yeah. If it's something that's got fruit in it, or uh, like I don't know some weird adjuncts. Uh, it's hard to come up with something that might work well, like a like something like a goza, which is like very lightly sour with a little bit of salt and a little bit of coriander. I think works really well with some cigars, 
um like those milkshake sours and stuff i think are horrific with cigars dennis likes them the lactose man it's all about the lactose exactly the lactose uh no for me like the sour fruit flavor just doesn't work well with many cigars i've talked a lot about how ipas don't pair well but then i've found in the same vein like a milkshake ipa where it's very sweet and rich and less uh bitingly bitter um tends to work pretty well with cigars but like your classic ipas don't usually yeah that's there's there's something about adding bitterness to something i mean if you add yeah. too much bitterness to anything like bitterness is good like it's what? the worst connotation for people who describe cigars we talked Coop and i talked about this so the uh the problem is is that that if you just do anything that's overly bitter it just that's all you taste it's just bitter yeah. and everything so but just, at the same bitter. time i have had pairings where just about any cigar has a little bit of bitterness to it just a kind of a hint of bitterness um sometimes if you pair with something bitter you can kind of take away that um when you're pairing something bitter with something slightly less bitter or much less bitter that less bitter thing generally tastes not bitter at all um which is i think why okay some cigars can pair well with an ipa i find that things like uh like kentucky fire cured tobacco pairs really well with a cigar because like i said it loses kind of those bitter characteristics that you get from the smokiness and brings out those like meteor characters yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I just got a cup of coffee. So this this particular cup is the coffee's called. It's so it's a company that I used to work for um, <laughs> called a, a Central Market, and the, the the coffee is Snickernut. So it's like basically like Ooh. Snickerdoodle coffee, essentially. Snickerdoodle coffee, interesting. Yeah, but I drink it black, so it's like there's nothing art. There's no right. artificial sweeteners in it. It's not like I don't put. I don't. I don't. You guys know me. I don't drink any. I drink my coffee black. But there's enough like sweetness characteristic to like you get the cinnamon. The you know the 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 sugar cookie element to it, and it just goes really fantastic, um, with with cigars in particular, um, you know nice milder cigars like the Pistani Connecticut that I'm uh, that I'm smoking too, but yeah, like like that that's interesting that you were saying about the 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 bitter the more bitter and the less bitter and stuff, because that's the that's the thing like when um when I was talking when I was training new, you know new, um tobacconists at michael's tobacco or i was having conversations with new smokers like i was talking to them about don't be don't be don't be scared of a few things maduro being one of them don't be scared of mm-hmm. darker wrappers but also don't, when someone describes it like a, a cigar and they're talking about flavor nuts and they're like oh and, the, and it's bitter like like don't be afraid of bitterness like and because it can be it can be extremely um complimentary to a cigar I think it can be extremely complimentary to anything. Uh, there was, this was yeah. ab- about a year ago. I went into total wine and every once in a while you go into total wine and they have like samplers and there was a girl doing samplings of a rum and she hands it to me and I, I take a sip and she goes, all right, so what do you think? What do you taste? And so I just start rattling off flavors. I'm like, well, you know, there's a little bit of vanilla, um, I I get like that that rich dark sugar cane and there's a, a surprising amount of like barrel bitterness and she goes, "Huh? Bitter? You think it's bitter?" I'm like, 
a little bit like it's not overpoweringly bitter but it's definitely one of the main flavor components and she didn't she was shocked she was like i've handed this to 100 people today and nobody said it's bitter and i think maybe that's just that my palate is particularly attuned to bitterness i tend to taste bitter in a lot of things but it's not a bad thing i generally like yeah. a little bit of bitterness yeah we've, oh, we've we've talked about that actually bear and i several times that when you get that imparting of the bitterness, it's not a bad thing. It's just when it when the right. balance goes. Yeah, off. when it's overpowered. Yeah. Well, it's like it's acidity is the same thing too. When something's acrid, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's just like, but something like something that has acidity and like it usually tends to brighten up a blend unless mm -hmm. you're coop and you just don't like that. But um, but most people need a little bit of acidity um into it. But yeah, but acrid is bad. Um. I don't know what the extreme word for bitter is. Just very bitter. Very bitter. Yeah, just very Extremely bitter. bitter. Unbearably bitter. Unbearably, unbearably bitter. Um, but no, I, I think those are the, that's, that's like learn something learn something new every day and everything. So, um, you know, so I get um, to go back to go back to your history a little bit, Trip. You know, when you kind of like happened stancely went into cigar media and everything. I'm I'm fascinated. Every time you tell me this, I, I think it's it's always interesting to me that to hear that you're kind of an introvert. Yeah, um, me too. Because we met we met at that 2018 show. Yeah, and it was at the general cigar party, and you walk you know you walked in and and uh, and you're like at the general party. I was like it's up, it's upstairs, but it hasn't started yet. And um, and you know you introduced yourself to me, and it was just a very like you just. Yeah, I just never would have pegged you for an introvert at all. And I, over the years that I've known you, I'm extremely, I'm absolutely extremely an introvert. Um, I don't know. I, I I tell people all the time, like the the only way I get around it is wearing the mask. I I pretend to be confident. I pretend to be outgoing, and I it's not confidence. I man. just introvert bottle up all the stress and uh, anxiety and save it for later. Being an introvert, being an introvert and an extrovert has nothing to do about like confidence. I think, I mean, I, I you know, I don't think, I don't think he would be, I don't think he would be upset for me saying this. I hope, I hope not. But I, I, I take a, I take a person like John Huber. I, I think, I, I think it's very apparent that John is an introvert. Yeah, very much. But, yeah, but he's extremely brilliant at what he does and extremely confident in what he does. Mm -hmm. uh, and he should be like for good measure. Like, so I, I don't think it has anything to do with confidence. I think what I think you've, I think you found a place that makes sense for you and works. And it, you know, you know, you call it the mask. I call it the microphone, but I mean, well, it works so, for you. I like that. I like that. Um, the way that I've already described my introvertedness to people is that, uh, I have a battery and the battery recharges when I'm alone by myself and nobody's talking. And anytime, right. anytime I'm not alone and by myself, nobody's talking to me. The battery is depleting. So it takes energy to, to you know, be be more outgoing than I I naturally am. 
Okay, I want to take this back to a story. Okay, so we went the fast forward. What was it? Was it two thousand? The Longhorn Steakhouse night was that two thousand nineteen? That was two thousand. That was the following year, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was nineteen. Golden Steer. You mean Golden? Yeah, Golden Steer. Excuse me. Yeah, Longhorn Steakhouse. Jesus, beer. The Golden Steer. The night I'll never forget. But yeah, the night I'll never forget. So anyway, anyway. So like, dude, I mean, it's the end of the fucking trade show. We're all so speaking of batteries, like our all of everyone is fucking depleted, right? We just had a huge ass meal. Great meal. Great times. And well. we're out of the restaurant. And the first person <laughs> to like pipe pipe up is Trip. He's like, Man, who's up for going to smoke a cigar now? <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't we go back to the house? We went back to one of the houses or something, right? No, I think Rob I, I think Trip went back to the strip. I don't know. I can't remember. But it was crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. Ten times. <laughs> I forgot that, about that. So you're <laughs> So your battery was like supercharged that day. You were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that part. Um, and because that we went to that dinner, it was the he- we were done with the show earlier in the day. We had gone for I think we had already gone for ramen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So we came back and uh, we went back to the house, and then we went to Golden Steer, and I remember I remember this. Yeah. Well. I do re- yeah, it was before we found Jinya. It was the, the the first year, 2018. It was this place that Trip um, trying to throw you under the bus, but it was a place you had eaten before, but they changed their menu. I, I've eaten there since, and their ramen menu sucks. I think, I think yeah, that's what and, it is. Yeah, but before, but no, you said the year before it was it was really good. And that, oh, you're like right. Like Coop, Coop was dead. You know, that was at 18. Then Coop and I were doing the trade show together, and he was training me. So like it was like double duty for him. So he was just spent. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm not gonna, yeah. And, and then you said noodles, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Yeah, like, let's go. I'm in. Like, that's, I'm in. It wasn't a bad yeah. meal. It wasn't a bad meal. I it just I know everyone no. wanted the noodles, and then I think Surgeon found ginger the year after. Yeah, yeah. Ginia is the one. Yeah, we have one in Charlotte. We have one in Charlotte, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, we have one in Charlotte. Uh, which uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 in the downtown area. Is the only bad part, but it's still we have one. Yeah. I'm, man, I'm taking. A, it, there's only to me. There's only one. It's not like a great selection of ramen, but uh, this this there's a Fa V Noodle House is the name of the restaurant. It's in Ulysses. It's where I used to live, and I get the same dish every time. It's a, a seafood uh, um, curry fa, and I know it's not ramen, but Ooh. man, that dish is fucking incredible. It's insanely good. That sounds amazing. It's yeah. insanely good. I don't know. We haven't decided where the next Coop Summit's going to be, right? If it's going to be in Dallas or Florida again. I think we were talking about that for this year. Because last year we did Florida well, with the Coop Summit. Florida's like your Florida's like your second home, man. So like, and, yeah, and yeah, trip, yeah. We uh, trips there. Bands well, on the trip, bands trip, on the East well, Coast. Well, trip came to trip came to dinner with us that night after the Great Smoke. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Which I introduced yeah, you we'll guys to. That. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, um, for sure. But Trip, you okay? So you're with Federation. You you built up these two shows. Uh, Federation shuts the media component. Man. We won't get into all that, but you Federation shut, and suddenly you found yourself without a platform. So what what happened? Where did you? I mean, we know you restarted again. So take us through a little bit of that. Yeah. So so basically, they had so the, the guys at from Cigar Federation. Um, I still get along really well with them. They didn't. We didn't leave on bad terms or anything. Um, the finances just weren't working out in my favor anymore as right. far as media goes. Right. Um, and they said, you can use 
the Cigar Federation name on your show as long as you want. You don't have to promote our stuff. You don't have to do any of that. We just don't want to take away your platform. Right. You can still have the platform. We just don't have any organization behind you anymore. Right. Um, so for a while, we did that. Uh, and then Dennis and I came up with the idea to kind of go out on our own, start our own thing so that we're we're just kind of starting fresh. And we're not um, the the problem that we found with Cigar Federation is a lot of people thought of us as an impartial party, yeah. um, which to, to our credit, uh, we we absolutely never reviewed any Cigar Federation or Ezra Zion cigars. We may have featured one or two on the show. Right. Just as kind of a, as a pairing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I made an effort to, to be as impartial as possible. Um, but we, we wanted to get away from that assumption. And right. so I came up with the idea of let's get pairing, which is based on the format of, of the previous show with a little bit of a twist. We have a new format that we haven't actually done yet for having guests on, which is going to be less pairing, more interview which I think will be fun. Right. It'll still be a little bit of pairing. Mm -hmm. um, but we started Let's Get Pairing about a year ago. Um, we had planned on kind of going full bore. Dennis found himself laid off early last year, and we went on hiatus. Um, and our coming back, I'll make the announcement. This is the first time that it's it's been announced outside of the, the halls of the Let's Get Pairing compound. Uh, January 14th, we'll be back. Haven't picked yes. a cigar yet, but we're working on it. Uh, but we will be back very soon. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on, follow us on Let's Get Pairing on Facebook. And yep. uh, we'll keep you up to date with what's going on. Yep. And stay tuned to Cigar Coop on that because we'll, you know, if you're following Cigar Coop or if you're following Let's Get Pairing, you'll know exactly what we'll, Trip and I were just talking about a little bit about that before the show. So we'll make sure, you know, all that content. Um, and we're going to get into how Trip ended up with us. Which I think yeah. is, a, is a cool story too. Um, like Bear, I think this is a good segue right now. What into how? Uh, into how? Uh, like I conned you into this, or or what? No, you didn't con <laughs> me into it at all. Um, so no, I yeah, I, 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 you can talk about it. That's fine. I was just, I was just. No, no, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of lead it in because Bear, look uh, for folks who Bear really played a key role in brokering this deal. Not that, not that. Uh, I, I get along great with Trip, uh, but Bear knew a little more of the inside uh, baseball, what was going on, and saw the opportunity here. So, um, you know, at the time, I was like, you know, like, ah, I'm not going to take on another podcast or anything like that. You know, it was just like, you know, because I'm already trying to cut back on stuff people know. But uh, but Bear played a key role. So, Bear, I wanted, maybe you and Trip could take us through a little bit of that as much as you guys want to share on that, obviously. Yeah, I think like I mean, Trip. I I don't know if you remember this initial conversation, but this was even back when you like the before, before you know before the Cigar Federation pull away at the end was like yeah, we had kind of talked about potentially like cooking up in some kind of partnership, and that's when I kind of I, you know I brought you and Dennis on, and we did our we did our show our bi our bi yearly shows or semi annual shows that we were doing with our you know we were doing pairings and stuff and those trades and. That was a lot of fun. Um, Which we need so to get I, back to, by the way. I just yes, we'll put that, yeah, that needs to happen. Yeah, we can we can definitely do that. I think I'm. I think you know, as as much as everyone talks about me being a marathon man um, with podcasting, 
I think I'm still recovering from that last one, which went to like, you know, I think we were up to like 3.30 in the morning for yeah, it. was like was 3 a Wait, and the most crazy. recent one was went to 3.30 again? The No, the... The, the one from no, the, the one, one from 2020. Yes, the yeah, yeah the with, infamous 2020 show. Yeah, when I, I was thankfully still on the West Coast. When when, yeah. when when I went to sleep and woke up, uh, and you guys were still going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Coop went to bed, got up, and we were still podcasting. We had to yes. get up no, early no. to go get a rental truck, and we had twenty four a twenty four hour place. We had to go to get this rental truck for me and my son. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. So, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, you know. You know, trip. You had started. Let's get pairing, and you know, just you know, like the circumstances, just with logistics, your moves, you know, Dennis's job situation and stuff like that. There, you know, I, I just, I saw, I saw potential in it because I, I, I really wanted, I really wanted you guys. In, I wanted to have you have the opportunity to get back into cigar media because I've, I've, I like we talked about at the very beginning of the show. I've I've always had a great affinity for you. I think you're brilliant. Um, I think you're incredibly talented, and 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 absolutely, you bring you bring an audience share that's 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 different. Like I've I've I would, I'll say I'll use this term. I've acquired some of the loyal, you know, um, sharing our pairings uh, audience that have mm-hmm. you know kind of come over to Alos from our takes because of those shows that we did together. Yeah. Um, yep. And that never would have happened. Like, I don't think, I don't think Ed Ryan, I mean, I'm sure he would have heard of me eventually, but like Ed was a really big, big fan of your show. Definitely. And, well, and, and also just a, a personal friend for a long time. Good guy. Ed's a yeah. good guy. Really good yeah. guy, by the way. Yeah. Yep. And he started watching my yep. show regularly uh, after, after I had you on and everything. And, and Ed, yeah, Ed's a fantastic guy, but he's Absolute. got like 20,000 20, yeah. kids. So, our pods make sense because I'm yeah, up late exactly, yeah. He's, yeah. he's already up late anyway, so it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> uh, but that being said, um, you know, you can never go to Coop with a half baked idea. This is what I've learned with partnering with him in our <laughs> going into our eighth season. Like I like because at first, like he he he's done a re- he did a really good job of like you know nursing me into the into the world of cigar media and like you know like I would come to him with like the crazy idea and he'd be like. Yeah, like in a, in the, the best coop way possible. That work. sucks, you know. <laughs> like the best coop way possible. That sucks. But let me tell you how I can be better, Bear. If you come back and you come back to me and you talk about this, this, and this, and so he he he's he's made me a lot better. Um, and I've said this for years. He's made me a lot better at at coming to him with a lot more thorough ideas. At the same time, gives me a lot of license with creativity. Um, a lot of the show ideas that we do on special edition are, you know. Are, are born out of my crazy head and then he he puts the coop spin on and it makes it brilliant and, and ends up working really well which is really nice so that's that's why our partnership works so well yeah. but um i had this idea to, to to propose to both of you i was like i want to i want to bring trip back um and i want to make him i want to make i want to ex- expand the cigar coop coalition brand and but i want to take it in a different direction because the whole point is you know not re not doing the same thing yeah, but not necessarily reinventing the will. Right. And so uh went to you, you know, Trip went to you to see if you'd even be interested in joining up. And and I I'd like I guess this would be a good time before we could tell the rest of the story. I mean, what like when I first approached you with joining the the the, the coalition, like what what were some of your early thoughts and and um 
what, you know, what did you first think of the opportunity? I mean, well, so the, the first thing that comes to mind is just like kind of humbleness. Like I, I couldn't believe that, you know, I, I know you guys pretty well. I've known you guys for a long time, uh, especially in terms of cigar media. And I, I was just kind of shocked that you would even think of me as like being a good addition to the team. Um, you know, I just feel like a guy who sits in his garage and smokes cigars and talks about the beer he's drinking with his cigar. Um, so it, it really made me feel really honored. Well, um, I, I think there's, there's something to that because I, you know, I think I, for as, for as long, I think forever that we're ever in this business, I yeah. think I, I use, I use the term tumbled all the time and people might think I overuse it and they might be like, uh, not genuine or sincere. Um, but I am, I'm constantly humbled by, by people. So like getting to know you trip, some of the people that we've interviewed and stuff, it's, it, it is very humbling, especially when people have kind words to say, it's kind of, it's kind of surreal. We kind of we throw back that word from earlier in the show, but, uh, um, you know, when I, so my idea was, cause again, you can't go to coop with a half bay idea. So I, I basically had a, you know, for all intents and purposes, coop never saw it, but I actually put together a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Or, you know, and I was like, where the, you know, the, the market segments that we can go after the value points, like, you know, of why we could the ROI. Yeah. Basically the, yeah, the ROI for all intents and purposes of just like what we could do with bringing on a talent like yours, because like Coop said, and Coop, I'm not putting words in your mouth, like, you know, your talent's not questionable. You know, would you be a welcome addition? Of course. Do we love you? Of course. Like, but it was like, it was, I wanted to. I wanted again, I wanted to be able to add you giving you the same creative license that Coop has given me over the years, uh, and empower you to to be able to to kind of cultivate your own your own thing, but have have a foundation, so to speak, that mm-hmm. was just reliable. Um, you know, yep. um and and you know. And, and kind of build this thing together, guys. Because, like, again, we, we talked. I talked about Ed a second ago, but I mean, we like, you know, Jay Davis is a perfect example. Jay's, you know, Jay's a loyal fan of all of our shows. No one's. I don't think anyone supports us like he does. But no. there's a lot of people like him. Yeah, uh, there's a lot, that, but he's great. Yeah, you know, and that you know, he's just really visible because he's always on Facebook. He's always trying to say. I mean, but there's mm-hmm. there's that there's that guy or gal, Bob or Gloria, who download our shows every freaking week, and we never know about them because they're they listen. You know, they download and they listen, you know, and we appreciate those folks, but we, you know, we trade those people. So anyway, um, bringing it back to what I had envisioned and, and, and some of this stuff will come to fruition. So I don't want to give away all the trade secrets of what, what my grand plan was and what might actually occur. But, you know, I approached Trip. I said, Hey, would you be interested in doing this, 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 and this? Cause this is the idea I want to take to Coop and Trip, you were like all on board. Um, then went to went to Coop, and Coop. I mean, what, like you said, when when I first came to you, I mean, what were what were some of the initial thoughts of my not half baked idea? I'm going to take full credit this time because actually, I think I did a really good job. <laughs> except for you never did see the PowerPoint presentation. Maybe I, I do want to see. It. By the way, I do want to see it now. You, but, uh, you can um, present for it curiosity. For curiosity. Uh, so let me let me just take a step back. So I want to say, Bear in 2018. Okay, 
you came to me with the idea of, of introducing pairings, right, into special edition. And I poo-pooed it, right? And, and the only reason why I poo-pooed it, I didn't feel I was in my lane with that. And I said, Bear, I'm not really in my lane with this. This is not my expertise. I don't think I can add value with it. You know, so we, we, we iced it. And I know you went with doing some of it on LL. So Fumar did a great job with it. So keep in mind, Bear knew this going in with me that it wasn't my lane. Okay. To begin with. Um, but Bear kind of came and, I, and I, Bear, you could kind of interject. When Bear came to me, he did two things. Um, he introduced the value add that a pairing show can bring to the coalition. And he introduced other areas that we could solve gaps we had in the coalition as a whole. Things that we we need to do better, you know, particularly on trade shows and stuff like that. So there were two he came in with a two-pronged approach with this. Um, the issue personally was never an issue personally. It was the issue is can we absorb trip into this because we're getting bigger now? And the most important thing I said back to Bear is we are not gonna reach, we are not gonna go to trip and say it's, he has to control the brand creatively, much like Ben controls Smoking Syndicate creatively. Dave has the jukebox piece. You have L.O. So Fumara. So we didn't want all we want to do is get a little consistency with the platform is all we, we, we maybe want to do with some of that. But so it wasn't a hard sell trip after that because because Bear came in with those value points. Uh, it wasn't, hey, let's bring Trip in. He's a great guy. That's an easy point. But when he started yeah. putting together, oh, look what we can look at what we can introduce. Uh, that we don't have and look at um, the things we're having. Like I said, other things within the coalition. There are things I'm looking to scrap a little bit with Coop right now uh, because I don't feel it's uh, like you heard you guys hear me whine about single store releases and TA. So oh, yeah. the things I want to get away from with it, but there's this opportunity here where at the same time, I don't have to reabsorb something else. We have a guy who's really experienced in this uh, to come in and do this. So it was very easy. Bear didn't have to bring the PowerPoint and he brought the value points and it was like big aha moment for like, like I'm interested now. I was like, it was an easy sell. I got to be honest with you. You were an easy sell personally, but just bringing the brand in, I'm like, if he wants to do this, I'm like, I'm all on board with this. He's got a thousand percent of my support. <laughs> wow. Thank you guys. It, no, it, yeah. and it, 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 Surreal <laughs> is the word of the night, but it, it <laughs> It feels surreal to be joining the Coop team. Uh, yeah. it, it really is an honor. Yeah. I'm happy to yeah. to bring what I've learned and what I've done yeah. uh, and help out the Coop team. And, and we did mention, um, I mentioned to you, we everyone on the Coop team had input. Like, look, we're, this is what we're proposing. And it was a very easy, like, there was no reason. Like, we got to make it, like, everyone wanted <laughs> that, this to happen. That, it was a unanimous. That meeting was hilarious. That yeah, and, and then I talked to Dave and Loomis separately. Um, and that was, you know, as yeah, because because again, we, you know, we don't want to like. I could see Loomis having some problems. He had no problem with it. <laughs> he had no problem with it. Uh, so uh, you know, Loomis will always find something to come. No, but exactly. no, it was an easy, it was an easy <laughs> thing. Um, to do, and you know, I wanted to make sure, hey, you know, we're not squeezing anyone out here or anything like that. It's just we're adding something else in. Uh, there's gonna be some good crossover having another team member here. Uh. Because there are things we do collaboratively, and we can, we'll talk about you know some of those things as well. So it it was an easy it was an easy decision, but I really like what Bear came in because Bear does know me, and and he it's it's not hey 
this guy's a great guy. Let's bring him in. He he had the points. He was ready to because I I was fully expecting to kind of drill him on a lot of stuff, and, and I didn't have. It was easy. It was an easy discussion. Yeah, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me yeah. twice, you know. Like you, yeah. No, it, it was it it was an interesting the the reading I I'll, the reason the meeting was comical was because I kind of went into back and the reason this was a funny trip I went back into explain this like I'm explaining it to Coop for the first time mode yeah and so I go on like you were sales this, like right? yeah so like yeah I went on to this 20 minute diatribe of like why this is a good decision why we're making you know you know again blah 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 and we're like hey we want to put it to a vote and like Ben's just sitting there fucking smoking a cigar like he normally does and he's just yeah. like. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I love Trump, man. It's I love awesome. <laughs> like, you, you know, that's I... it. <laughs> like, okay, no questions. Nope, no questions. Yeah. All right, let's go. Here we go. And I, I think that I think when we went to that uh, dinner down in in Boca after the Great Smoke, I think that was kind of. I don't know, Barry. I mean, that was up too early in this decision, but it was. I thought when Trip was with us that night, he was like a member of the. You know, it's like this guy's a member <laughs> of our. You know, he was hanging out with us all day. He was a member of the team, and we, we loved oh. having him. Yeah, so yeah. it was. It was. We, we knew the chemistry was there with all the people. Uh, uh, Loomis and Dave not there, but still, yeah. That was definitely before it was mentioned to me. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if it had been mentioned to you, Coop, but it was. That was before it was. Well, you had just. You had just launched. Let's get pairing maybe a few weeks before that. And I remember that was your first big, hey, we're heading, yeah. let's get pairings, heading to the Great Smoke. This yeah. Year. And, and then that was also the week before that was also our last show because while we were there is when Dennis got yeah. laid off. Oh, uh, yeah, that's too bad. And then he was like, yeah, I got to, yeah, I got to shit can the show for yeah. now. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. But the good news, Dennis will be co hosting with you. So, as yeah. Well. So Dennis is going to be co hosting with me. Yep. Um, I've got some backup plans because uh, just in case there's a week he can't make it or something, I'll have some guest hosts uh, on the bench. Yep. And, and, uh, and maybe maybe if he doesn't need to need any bye weeks, we'll we'll uh, you know yeah. have some have some yeah. third hosts. In. Yeah, I said the, I said Bear, I'm the last one on the pe- pecking order. Probably me and, and Nielsen, but me because I'm the least knowledgeable in this. I'm learning. This is an area I'm learning about. So I'm not going to. Yeah, but you're a good guest to have on. But so yeah, see now now appreciate. that we've got now that we've got him cornered, trip because now it's now now with the contract is signed. We got to we can we can put him in we can put him in the box a little bit and well, have a little. Exactly. I, so little I want to like I, I'm excited about that. I want to learn. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to overexpose myself where I'm already overexposed. So I got to be you know balance yeah. that out. So yeah, this is not another show that Coop is hosting here. Um, it, it, this is it's kind of like what uh you know Ben's doing Syndicate. You know, it's it's other areas that we're hitting here. Um, and if you've seen Trip's work in the past, you, you know what you're getting. This we yeah, have, it's going to be very familiar. Yeah, it's familiar, but we have a proven like we have a proven expert here. Um, from a media standpoint, uh, he knows how to run a show. He knows how to develop the content, uh, and he certainly knows cigars and parrots. So I mean, this was. It was a no-brainer for us, you know. I mean, it was kind of like when Dojo grabbed Rob. Uh, Dojo grabbed Rob pretty fast. There was no oh was, immediately, yeah. He it's grabbed him fast. Him. Yeah, he grabbed him fast, and good for him. He was able to build a whole new brand off that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. excited. Something too. Just to I was just, just gonna... to mention it. Sorry, we'll, sorry. We're gonna be every other week. On Sundays before Bear Show, a couple hours before Bear Show. Yep. Um, so if you watch Bear and you have free time before him, uh, feel free to check us out. Yeah. Uh, don't watch sixty minutes. You don't have to watch sixty minutes. By the way, you can go right to 
because uh, I don't watch 60 Minutes. So. <laughs> Sorry, Bear. Go ahead now. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, Jay brought up an interesting show topic for you, Trip with an idea. You know, you can do a Diet Coke pairing, and then you got Coop's yeah. back. Well, we, instead, we can just pair Diet Coke with three different cigars. We have some soda stuff we may be talking about. Again, that's all Trip's decision, um, how he wants to do that. Um, but certainly, that's, I, I did, by the way, I did the Soda Pop show with Logan and Rob. I want to say it was 2015. Yeah, that sounds and, about right. And I was in, I was doing that from Boynton Beach. And I remember I went all around Boynton Beach getting some of these like really unusual sodas. And I happened, I was looking for something called Manhattan Special. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't find it. And I said, I was just talking to Abe. And I'm like, Abe, yeah, I'm looking for this soda called Manhattan. I'm doing the shows. I got to find this Manhattan Special. You know, like, a, and he's like, we got it at the bar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got six bottles at the bar to take. I, I was going to say, they have that around here now. Yeah, yeah, they have uh, it. So. That's the Manhattan. That's the coffee flavored one, right? Yep, it's the coffee flavored yeah. soda. Oh, yeah, man, I love that soda. It it it's changed a little from how I remember it, but it's still pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that's a you know, like I said, it was I was looking for a coffee soda, and I ha- and that's like one of the best ones. And I couldn't believe, yeah, we have it at the bar. <laughs> like, yeah, he, you know what? Another one is we should do sometime is I I would be really interested in doing a Central American soda pair because I it, find like. Uh, the sugar. all of those Central American, like those those champagne sodas that are like cola, and Inca, and yeah. some of the uh ones from the the Bahamas are pair really well with. I can see it. I've done the Inca. They have different flavors that we're not used to tasting in American soda. Yep, yep. No, that's uh that'll be exciting about that as well. Um. So yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Bear, why don't we um, is, are we at a point maybe we just kind of do some of the housekeeping stuff, then we kind of get back to some of the discussion. Sure, absolutely, let's do it. Okay, so we get so uh we have we'll do we have three segments here, uh and they're short, but um, one trip is the sports segment, which we will let you like. Go stretch. Yeah, I'll take a nap. <laughs> All right. So uh what we're gonna do is this you want to get into this is one of our <laughs> sorry. Uh it's all sorry. good. No, it's all good. Um, let's get into first our American history trivia segment. Um, and that's you know, that's a uh a tradition here now. It's become on on uh the primetime special edition show, given that Bear is the Rain Man of history, and uh, want to mention that is brought to you by Rockefeller Cigars. At Rockefeller Cigars, the journey began with a simple yet powerful vision to create affordable luxury that transcends social boundaries. They wanted to offer a premium cigar product that embodies the spirit of entrepreneurship while remaining accessible to men and women from all walks of life. Inspired by the resilience of the American spirit during the Great Depression, Rockefeller Cigar stands as a testament to the unravelling determination and the pursuit of excellence. So we've been doing, you know, Bear is known to be a history buff, uh, as, as we've discussed. Um, and um, what I wanted to get it's into, the that's the rumor. Um, so I usually try to tie in um, the topic either with the guest or the season. Um, so tonight, I have the season, and um, we're, we're going to we're a day late, but it's New Year's Day. Okay, so 
Back in 1801, a tradition was established by President John Adams involving the president and the first lady greeting guests to people at the White House. So everyone can basically line up to meet the president and first lady, from a common citizen to a diplomat. Um, but the tradition is no more. So I have three questions for Bear. Who was the last president to carry out this tradition? What year did that happen? And why was it discontinued? This is a great question. This is actually this is actually a really cool set, uh, piece of presidential history. I, I think he's going to know the like, answer. By the way, I, I, he probably knows the answer to all three of these, but I just figured I'd throw it out there. I, I have a um, guess I if think, Bear wants I to think, think so. for a minute. What's that? I have a guess if you want to think for a minute. I think I got it, but if you, I mean, we can get to, I, I was just going to give some background on this. I think that the, 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 the really cool, interesting thing about this is a fascinating piece of historical, uh, historical facts about the, about the president. This is, this, this was a tradition, like people would line up this, they, like the line, and they, they actually have some photos in, uh, of early uh, 20th century New Year's time where like people are just, I mean, there's just fucking crowds thousands, of people that are lined thousands, up to yeah. meet the presence. It's just insane. But uh, it, it, it's akin to it's akin to like you know you know Easter you know Easter Mass you know uh, performed by the Pope like I mean that kind of a crowd is what we're talking we're about. Me but meeting the Queen or something like that, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean we're talking about like you know it, it was a huge deal. But like getting an audience with the president for decades, you know, almost like more than a century was actually quite easy. I, and, and if you haven't seen the film, and because I'm a huge fan of it, and I know people in my audience are tired of me talking about it, but if you haven't seen the film, you know Daniel Day Lewis plays Lincoln in the movie Lincoln. They do a fantastic job of of showing just how easy it was. I mean, if there's a scene, there are a couple scenes where they're they're going through the halls, and there are people waiting in line to see President Lincoln and talk about that the, they bring a bring an issue or a question. Yeah. By the way, president. greatest greatest like, actor of my was... generation, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah, and I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, we'll segue to movie and, a little later. Yeah, uh, he did a, did a fantastic job of Lincoln. Um, but and and I I absolutely love that love that film. But the they do a really good job of showcasing that it was it was actually quite easy to gain an audience with the president uh, with uh, a quote unquote official business. You know, and this official business couldn't be local, city, state level, whatever. And the president would basically, you know, farm it out to somebody, and, and but he would hear your problem almost like a confessional, so to speak, which was interesting. Um, and it is very commonplace uh, all the way up to the probably the you know the early twentieth century. But this tradition of New Year's that Coop's talking about is very specific. Um, so, um, uh, Trip, if you want to go ahead and g give a guess, and then I, I'm I'm pretty sure I got this. My guess was going to be 1802. John Adams was the last one, and it's because it was way too much work meeting all those people. <laughs> no, not quite. Not it went quite. A little longer. Uh, it, it did go a little longer. Went a few. Uh, went a little bit longer. So the so Coop, if I'm not mistaken, um, and, and by the way, it wasn't every year. Uh, in fact, Woodrow Wilson actually never did this. Yeah, there were a few that skipped it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. A, it Woodrow was. Wilson skipped skipped it his entire presidency. He never did it. Um, yeah. which you know. Boohoo. Um, but but I mean there was a world war getting taken place and he was trying to form the League of Nations. So like the guy had a lot on his plate, let's just put it that yep. way. Yep. Um but I believe it was 1932, Coop, and I and I know it was Hoover, Herbert Hoover was the last one to actually do Correct. It. 
And that's correct. Wow. Both were correct. Yep. Um, yep. 1930. But the reason it stopped, like Coover didn't decree it. The reason it stopped officially, I believe, was under FDR. And I think the, the motive behind it was obviously they didn't want an entire country of people to learn that the president was in a wheelchair. Yes, that was correct. Oh. That was actually the reason. Yep. And then after they talked about bringing it back, and I don't think they ever did for security reasons by the time, you know, because FDR yeah. was in for a long time. And by the time he was out, we were out of World War Two, and it was, you know, there was the communist threat and all that. So there was, so I don't think it yeah. ever, yeah, but, but that was the, the Red reason. Scare. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. FDR had a number, he, FDR had three assassination attempts on him. Yep. One that almost killed him. Yep. One that almost killed him before he even became president. I mean, really, I mean, before he even got into his first term. I mean, this was prior to the New Deal. I've told that story on the show. Yep. Um, and yeah, so that that that's pretty fair. Yeah, and then the Red Scare with Truman and you know Eisenhower. Um, and so and then of course you know Kennedy was assassinated and then I mean just shit. Dude. I mean that just that ended. Yeah. It. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. There was ever going to be a chance ever again. It just never was going to happen after yeah. that. Yep. That was a good one, there. Good question. Good, good question. So not 1802, 1932. <laughs> I, I was close. You were close. Yeah. <laughs> they have had they have allowed people to see a president lying in state, though, right? They have done that. Mm-hmm. Like a dead that they have yeah. opened up for that, which is not a living president they have done it Correct. for. I don't and I don't unfortunately Correct. I don't think Correct. we'll ever see this come back either. I don't think we'll ever see. Yeah, this no, there, there's, there's, well, there's Wait, no way. Security well, concerns these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kennedy's assassination basically killed it. But then, if you think about how the world of security shifted after 9/11, yeah. Like, I mean, cool. you know, you can't, you can't go into an airport anymore like you'd be able to, like you used to. I mean, you used to be able to greet people at the gate, which is just, yeah, we used to be able to go gate. It's insane to think about. Yeah, I used to go I- meet people flying in. Has the president ever been near you? Me, like come yeah. to your city? Yeah. I've and been, you've well, seen yes. the mayhem? So I'll tell a little story yeah, with that. It's insane. We, we I, had, he visited Portland once. This was Obama. Mm-hmm. And I, I happened to be downtown during it, and they had like, I don't know, 30 or 40 SUVs with lights and, you know, black blacked out SUVs with police lights. That would pull up and they would just take over an entire block and make sure that every all the all like the foot traffic was off the sidewalk. They'd stop all the cars so that the president could drive two blocks. I um crazy. in in uh 2016, I went to a Donald Trump rally as a guest of State Senator Todd Johnson, who's now a state senator. Um. I had very good seats. I was in the on the front row. Now, to just Warren gets mad at me. It didn't matter who the candidate was for me. If it was a Republican Democrat, you know, it was kind of a hit me in the moment type of thing. So I Yeah, am, dude, you meet the president, man. That's a that's it a was two days before you became president. Man. Right. Right. So Oh I'm, shit. It was two days so president before elect- he was not even the president. He was elected? No, it was two days before the election. He came to North Carolina for rally because it was oh, okay. North Carolina battleground. So I have my camera. And I'm taking pictures and I t- and I'm wearing a suit because, again, I'm with, you know, I'm with some political people in North Carolina. And um, I, and I take I take the camera, I put it into my suit jacket and then I take it out, take another picture. 
I did this about three or four times. Finally, someone comes up to me and they go, hey, we know you're taking pictures. Um, we, we, we need you to stop. And he goes, we know you're not doing anything, but you're getting that guy nervous. And it was a Secret Service guy who was getting nervous about me going in and around my jacket that many times. So, I, of course, I stopped oh, it. Shit. Yeah. So I stopped at that point um, doing that. Yeah, I was like, they were very nice about so it. it. Wasn't Coops anything. On, Coops on those Secret Service flashcards now that they're just like scanning when people yeah. are walking by. Through security. <laughs> they they have a picture of him reaching into his jacket for his camera. Yeah, no, they, they're like, watch, and, and the watch out for this guy. And the security guy knew the people in the uh, the group I was with. Like I said, these were some North Carolina politicians. So, you know, but uh, and you know, so we had a little, you know, it was all good. It was all good after that, and I got a quick handshake after that. So it was uh. You know, but yeah, so I did, did get this. Did you shake? Did you, did yeah. you shake? Yeah. Uh, Trump saying, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A big weather. Man, I've, I, I've, I've always wanted to shake a yeah. president's hand. Yeah, I did. Yep. Like, again, to, you, to your point. But it was like, like, let me tell you, it I, wasn't like, like I had a moment. I didn't have any moment to, to say a word to him. It was, he was coming by. He just came by. Like, he was literally yeah. just coming by. So it there was, was the rock, no, the rock yeah. concert shake, the touch. They, they were trying to get, yeah, they were trying to get him out of there because he had another rally to go to. Like he, this was like two sure. days before the yeah. election election day, so he was going to every battle. So they had to get him in and out of it, but he had to walk past us to do that. So we got that, yeah, yeah. So and like I said, if it was if it was Hillary Clinton, Joe, I don't care who it was, I would have done it out of respect just for the moment, historical significance of it. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. My my my, the, we've talked about this group uh, on previous shows. Yeah. It really doesn't. Like I've always wanted to shake the president's hand. Yeah, I don't care who it is. Because at that point you're not you're not shaking the person's hand you're shaking the office. Yeah. I, I'm very I'm very I'm very I'm very staunch on this point. The the president is not a person. It, it, it's it's a, it's a, it's an office. Mm -hmm. It is a branch of government. It is a yeah, branch of yeah. our government. It's the yeah. executive branch. Yeah. It, it 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 hold it's it 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 should. Doesn't matter who occupies it. It should it should hold a place of highest regard and respect. From a citizen of this country, which I do have, so yes, I'm very utopian that way. I apologize yep, yep. to everyone out there, but yeah, that's how I yep. that's how I view the presidency, and uh, and yeah, I would I, man, it would yep. yeah, I've always wanted and, to shake the president's and, hand. And we we do a show on election day every year, and I think we've done a really good job at keeping it non non political, where we would just talk about the election in general and just you know kind of look at it as uh, an ESPN score scoring coming in, you know. Uh, just covering the returns, and uh, we got we got one hate mail on this. We got one hate review on 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 um Apple Apple Podcasts on it, but we can't make everyone happy. Most people have been happy with it, so uh, we did get one piece of like I don't want to hear the same. Like, okay, that's fine. Go to, go watch something else. You know, we I respect oh. that. Um. So uh, so yeah. Um. We do that, I mean, but uh, have, but but that's why that's why <laughs> that's why someone called me a Trump supporter after uh. I got called a Trump supporter by someone in the cigar industry afterwards. So, you know, it was gotcha, uh, gotcha. But, you know, yeah, okay. it, it was so. All right. So that was our American history segment. As always, brought to you by our friends at Rock of Vintage Rockefeller Cigar Group. All right. So, Trip, if you want to take a little break here, you can. We're going to do our uh, Espinosa this day in sports history. You can take a nap, whatever you want to do. Uh, this is brought to you by Espinosa Cigars, makers of award winning brands such as Espinosa. 601 and Knuckle Sandwich, a two time winner of the El Oso Fumar Cigar of the Year, Espinosa cigars, I might add. Um, you need to smoke Espinosa, smoke Espinosa every day, and get into a Lazona state of mind. So, Bear and I will each be doing a, uh, a sports this day, uh, January 2nd. 
Uh, I'll start this one off, Bear. So on this day, and I'm not telling you the year, all right, because I want to see if you can get the year, all right? This team won an NFL championship, and it would be the first NFL championship game seen on color TV. Who was the team, and what was the year? Uh, I think it was the NFL title game. Yep. Browns, Packers. 61? No, not the not the not the not the year. Not the not the year, but the team you have right. You have Damn. one of the teams right. Who you know which team it was? The Browns? It was the Browns, right? No. It's the Packers? Packers in 66. Packers in 66. Okay. The year it was a year before the Super Bowl. The NFL it was actually the last NFL championship game. And it was who, who did they play? They played. Ooh, now, now I thought it was Browns Packers. It wasn't the Browns. I think it might have. I don't think it was the Browns. Um, it was. Let me pull that up there. Um, but it was the Packers. Uh, and it was. It was. Like I said this was not a Super Bowl game. Um, it was uh played at the Cotton Bowl. Um, and the Packers uh would win that game over the. The uh, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Damn, that's sad that I missed that shit. That's that's cool. Yep, but but I, got, I mean, I got 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 the team though. You got the team. Yeah, you got the team. But that was the first color color game. Um. No, wait a minute. Yeah, it was it wasn't it? Actually, no, it wasn't the Cowboys, Bear. It wasn't the Cowboys. Let me look at that again. Because it was... No, you had it right, Bear. It's the... Wow. City, it was yeah, the Browns? It was the Browns. Okay. Yes. You had the... You had the, the, you had the year wrong. You had the year wrong, and you had the team that won wrong. Uh, But it was... Because it was the 65 championship game. It was actually played on January 2nd, 1966. The 67 game with the Cowboys was the, the team going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you had... But you had the teams right. So, my, my correction on that. Uh, but that was the first. Like I said, it was the first. Uh, it was the first that it actually became um, a team that um, first time they, they actually played in color. Color TV it was showing up. Good deal. Yep. That was the last one before the Super Bowl era. Good deal. Fantastic. Yep. yep. So That's I got one for you, Coop. Yep. All right. Let's do this. All right, so I am going to give you the year, but there, there's two parts to this question. Uh huh. Okay. There's a person and a venue. Yep. So in 1912, this owner purchased land in your home state of New York that would later become this historic venue. I know this one. Not not only was this land purchased um in um New York. It was purchased in Brooklyn, and uh, what I know about this a lot is, you know, uh, well, I didn't grow up in that neighborhood. That's the neighborhood my dad was born in. Uh, he used to go to that venue. Um, so the answer to that, the owner is Charles Ebbets, which who, who would uh, build Ebbets Field. 
There you go, Coop. Fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That one, I that one. Um, if you didn't give me the year, I might not have gotten it. To be, to be honest with you, that one, I it had the year kind of did give it away because I do know it just seemed too. It seemed too ambiguous, though. Like if I mention Ebbets, you get it. If I mention Ebbets Field, you get it. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the interesting thing is it's four. He purchased four and a half acres in the middle of New York City. Yeah. Granted, it's Brooklyn, but still, like four and a half acres in a city. Yeah. That's um, that's an enormous land grab. Yeah. Like, even in 1912, I don't care. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Um. It. I. I should. I should clarify that a bit. Um. My dad. My dad grew up and was born in in a neighborhood called Crown Heights. Um, and this Evans feels like in Flatbush, which was nearby. Crown Heads was a very Jewish neighborhood at the time. Uh, and that's, you know, my dad grew up in a Jewish family. So he was that kid who would go to Ebbets Field and sneak in. He was that guy <laughs> that would do that. Uh, and it was Perfect. kind of an easy thing to do back then. Um, and he would get into the games. And when, when the Brooklyn Dodgers left, uh, New York, uh, my grandfather, he had two sons, my, my father and my uncle Lance. My father never, ever was interested in baseball till maybe the Yankees run in 96 uh, when he got interested. He just had no interest in going to games or anything. Uh, and my my grandfather and uncle became waited till the Mets came. They didn't go over to the Yankees, and they became Mets fans. And that's how I started going to Phillies games because then when um, – when the Mets would play the Phillies, that, that's how I started going with my grandfather. But my dad never, he, until the Yankees won in 96, that was, the, he, I don't think he watched the game. Uh, he went to a couple games with me out of like, I think, you know, but that was with his grandfather and my uncle, but that was, he just would never watch it on TV after that. <laughs> he was, he was heartbroken by that. So he was a, he was a, but he was a Brooklyn fan, though. He was a Dodgers fan. He was a Dodgers like he was fan. He wasn't Yankees. He was, no, yeah. none of those guys became Yankee fans. Um, because the Yankees were really hated, uh, you know, it just it was a big, and Brooklyn kind of people looked at Brooklyn and the Bronx as like they're separate. Yes, they're part of New York, but they're separate. They're just separate entities, the boroughs, and and they're just different, you know. So right. not a lot. Of, I yeah. don't know. Some Dodger fans may have gone over to the Yankees, but my my grandfather and uncle, they didn't. They I think they still followed the Dodgers as the best they could till the Mets came uh, about seven or eight years later. Where was the Polo Grounds again? I'm brain farting on this. Where uh, was Polo Grounds? Where was the, it was where the Giants play? It was in Manhattan. It was in, it was uh, in Manhattan. Okay. It was in the upper upper part of Manhattan. Yeah. 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 They played in up way uptown uh, Manhattan. Yeah. That was an amazing field. But the but That's the so but the Giants left that same year too. The Giants, I always would say, were like the Yankees had the Bronx. Uh, the Yankee the Yankees had we see the Yankees had the Bronx. The um the Dodgers obviously had Brooklyn, and I think Queens was also very much Brooklyn, and then Manhattan was the uh, the Giants, and Staten Island was they didn't have the bridge then, so really they didn't have a big population, so it's hard to tell. But yeah, the Giants were the Manhattan team. So where does where's Williamsburg and all this? Williamsburg, it's, it's adjacent Will, to Brooklyn, right? Williamsburg's in Brooklyn. It's all it's on the East River. So uh, if you look at the bridges in Manhattan that cross East River, the lowest one is the Brooklyn Bridge. The Manhattan Bridge, which is the Drew Estate Bridge, connects Chinatown. Um, okay. And then the Williamsburg Bridge goes into Williamsburg, and it goes a little further north than Chinatown, uh, the Lower East Side it goes to. 
Uh, if you go to Williamsburg Bridge, that's where you take that to go to um, the, uh, you know, that that area of Brooklyn, which, um, why am I just, uh, Peter Luger's, Peter Luger's is like, that's pretty much why you would go there. <laughs> the steakhouse? Yeah, the famous yeah. steakhouse is over the, over the Williamsburg yeah. Bridge, which it's, you know, I tell people it's a treat to go to Peter Luger's, don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd advise you to go. But now there's, you know, I think there's just like so many great steakhouses, you know, uh, in Manhattan. But Peter Lucas still gives you a really good experience if you want to go there. So, uh, and like I said, the, it's just north of the Manhattan Bridge. So, but that that tower, Espinosa, this day in sports history. Um. So, Bear, why don't we get? Why don't we just bang out the last one too? And then we'll kind of get back sure. to then we can kind of have continuity uh with trip. Um our last one is this is our great things are happening segment. Uh this is brought to you by Tobacco RSA. Again, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Huyetta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco RSA, great things are happening here. I want to thank Tobacco RSA again. Um, they are gonna be continuing these segments into 2024. We do appreciate that very, very much. Um, and um, so, Bear, I'll have you kick this one off. Uh, this is where we pick a good news story. Um, and the idea around this is uh, instead of all the bad things happening in the news, we try to find something positive this week. Uh, except if Hector's on and he just kind of, uh, you know, Hector just. <laughs> You're yeah. never going to let that go, are you, man? Oh, but he did, how many times uh, has he done it? He's killed it twice. He tried to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me no, pull I, up. I'm going to pull this one up here. So you uh, start off. Uh, you know, this this is a really great story, Coop. So like, uh, I think one of the one of the least told stories, um, in all of 2023, it, it garnered some national attention, but I don't think people really realize how fucking detrimental the wildflower, the wildflower, the wildfires of Hawaii were this year, uh, specifically oh, Maui. I mean, this. I mean, there. I mean, catastrophic does not begin to describe this. I mean, these islands have volcanoes on them, and the volcanoes didn't do, haven't done as much damage as these wildfires did. I mean, people have lost homes, property, lives, and it's gonna, it's going to be because the island of Hawaii, like they import everything, they import food, they import everything. You know, with, you know, it's, it's gonna take decades to get the infrastructure back. To where it is. I mean, they're begging people. They're they're their number one exports tourism, uh, and they're begging people not to come. Like it, this is going to paralyze the state of Hawaii and specifically the island of Maui. Um. So what's you know, but in, in a feel good story of this, like this is really cool. So one, there's a jeweler in Maui, um, who you're looking at right now, um, and his name is um. Uh. Omi uh, Chamdi, he owns a uh, jewelry store, of course, the Noka Noka Oi, um, and he's offer is he's offering hundreds of dollars worth of free jewelry repair services to people whose sentimental gold and jewels were tarnished or damaged in the wildfires. So he's actually taking these pieces, you know, heirlooms or just wonderful pieces of jewelry from his customers or from anyone on the island, and he's repairing it and restoring it for free. I mean, this is, um, you know, this is normally services that would run, range from, depending on the damage, you're talking about, 
you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to repair and restore jewelry. And he's doing it for free, which is, I mean, like it's, it's fantastic. You know, jewelry is one of those things, right? It's, it's a first world problem, right? You know, you know, the, you know, um, you know, you got to buy the engagement ring. That's like three months worth salary and shit and all that other stuff. And there's, but there's, you know, even more beautiful pieces that have been passed down. I mean, it's one of those timeless things, you know, jewelry is passed down generations, you know, um, my sister, for example, her wedding ring, uh, belonged to my grandmother who actually belonged to her grandmother. Um, and so that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and that it's been, and it's, it's something that's passed down and, 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 and while my sister has a a stepson and she, they pass that down to him once he finds his, his future spouse at some point, you know, she, she probably won't have a daughter, um, or anything like that. So it, it, it might just end with her, but in any case, heirloom pieces are extremely beautiful and 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 you know a lot of these people lost or you know these these pieces of jewelry were you know damaged and, and tarnished and stuff and this and and you know mr chomdi is doing a fantastic service to be able to restore and revive you know i mean it's a small piece it's a small token like i said people have lost homes and people have lost jobs and property and lives and and it's it's a small thing but it and you know, Coop, as often we've talked about with human tragedy on the show, you know, like it's, you always look for the people, you always look for the helpers and you always look <laughs> for the people who go the wrong direction. Now the fires are over, you know, Mr. Chomby's not racing into a fire, but he's doing what he does best in a very small thing. And he's, he probably doesn't even think it's that big of a deal, but to hundreds of people it is. And, and I, I just thought it was a beautiful story. So. That's what I wanted to share tonight. Very nice. Good one, Bear. That's a nice one. Always good to see a story like that. Yeah, um, I like that. yeah very good. Good job. All right. Um, and we'll have these links on uh, our show notes, of course, when the show publishes, uh, except on YouTube. We don't put links on YouTube because they, they like to take us down. But you can go to Podbean or everywhere else uh, um, to do that. Um, okay. So. My story is historical, so I'm kind of curious, Bear, on your thoughts with this one. Um, so let me pull up. Uh, I'm not sharing, am I? No, okay. So my story takes us to Norway, uh, in Scandinavia, um, and you could probably see. Uh, basically, uh, there is they have found an old Viking ship burial. Uh, off the coast of Norway on the island of Lika, uh, which is this island in the northern part of Norway. So, um, and what's significant about this um, is that it may change how I, so the term Viking is like what they used to call a Scandinavian mariner. And it was believed that like, and Barry, you, you may be able to correct, when I was doing the research with this and reading the article, most people think like the Viking Age started around like 850 AD, 860, you know, around that time. Uh, but they trace this one back to the year 700, which is kind of now for the first time saying that there was a Viking presence um, much, much earlier in time uh, than, than, than it has. So, so the effect of this is going to be and it's You can see that's a picture of the island, I think, that they have there. Um, as a result that now they're looking at this very differently that um 
there may have been Vikings that were, were going like decades and decades before originally the Viking Age started. And uh, it leads to a lot of uh, interesting things as far as, as, as what they have. But, uh, you know, they've done, you know, all sorts of surveys. And I think they, they, they've concluded that, uh, you know, 700 is definitely much, they concluded it is year around 700. And it's much, much earlier than, um, you know, they, they thought, and this wasn't a small ship either. This was a pretty large ship that, um, by, um, by, you know, all Viking standards. Uh, and then really more is what they're saying is, yes, this ship was found 700, but most likely it was built many, many years before that, right? Too. Like that's when they phrased, that's when they concluded this ship was there, but it's most likely that, you know, it wasn't the first Viking ship that maybe they were going back even further. So it may it may provide a whole new historical angle, and and this part of history, from what I understand, this is like when you get into the year seven hundred, this is like dark ages stuff where a lot of stuff was lost historically, and there's not a lot of yeah. historical records of this stuff. So, um, you know, it, it could change things uh, how they look at the history of this area over the next you know next many years to come. I, I find that so fascinating that as as a species we think we know so much about the past and it can turn out like this that we were decades off yeah you know i've heard weird stories of the vikings like a lot of people said maybe they made their way down to central america and stuff like that um but you know there's, there's never really they could prove it right but there was these theories that it, it, so maybe it is possible that it happened that the Vikings I, went to Central America like, like much earlier than we thought. Well, I I know that they at some point we know they went to uh, like North America. Yeah, and they were they were on the the east coast of like Canada. Yeah, and that was like around nine hundred to like around one thousand when Leif Erikson actually yeah. made it to Newfoundland. Yeah, but it's I just think it's so cool how we make these discoveries that change change the past as we yeah. know it yeah yeah definitely uh i agree it's just like i said it's i when i saw this really like i said it's, it's always an interesting thing like i said i think this is a period of history that's just we don't know we, we know some things about this period of history but there's not a lot that's preserved so i think this is why mm -hmm. this is a like people say well, why is this a shock it is a shocking discovery because no one was able to trick. No one really knows when the Viking Age started. Is when yeah. they, when these mariners started going. Now there's some evidence that's suggesting it's it's many years before it happened, uh, for sure. Yeah, before previously thought. Uh, that's really yep. interesting. Yep. Yeah. So it's interesting on that. Um. So yeah, and Ghost Bear, by the way. We did. Yeah. Bear. I wonder, don't know. Wonder where I, he went. I know he may. He may he disappeared. <laughs> All right. But that was our great things are happening here. Segment. Here comes Bear right now. We just wrapped it up, Bear. Here he is. All right. Welcome back, Bear. Yes, sir. All right. So awesome. We just that? wrapped we have no problem. We just wrapped up. So uh um let's get back to uh Trip. So um Trip, one one thing I just maybe just maybe so we get to know you better, audience gets to know you better. What are your what are your interests outside of cigars and um pairings? Uh let's see. It's mostly cigars and pairings. Right. Um I I I like cigars. I mean and I like yeah. pairings. <laughs> yeah. You, 
I'm I'm a, a pretty pretty heavy into gaming. Uh I play a lot of video games. Uh like just playing whatever the latest thing is and then also playing some some stuff with some of my friends online. Um at some point I couldn't find the the hooks, but at some point I'll have a guitar hanging here. Uh I've been playing guitar since I was I believe it was my 11th birthday. Oh wow. Good when the only thing I asked for from everyone I knew was money, and then I went and I bought a secondhand guitar, and uh, fell in love with it. And and now I have four guitars around me in here. Yeah. Um, so eventually, those will make their ways to the wall. Um. Yeah, that's you know family time, video games, sure. uh, movies. Uh, well, obviously. I mean, yeah, Darren and I have talked extensively about this a few weeks ago, but I I watch a lot of movies. I working from home for the last 10 years has made it kind of a habit of just having a movie on pretty much all the time. Uh, whether it's whether it's something that I've seen a hundred times or uh the latest thing that just came out, uh my favorite genre is horror. Because uh, you know, it's just it's just kind of my vibe. Um, my comfort my comfort space is a horror movie. Oh wow. Um, your comfort your comfort zone is getting the shit scared out of you. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um I I I've, I've seen like if you made a list of a hundred horror movies, I've probably seen at least half of them. Minimum. Um if you could come up with a list, I've probably seen all of them. Like if you just come up with a hundred off the top of your head. Um uh, I I've watched a lot of horror movies. Um, but I've, I've watched a lot of movies of all kinds. I'm kind of a movie buff. Um, yep. Yeah. Now you guys those are doing are that. Dun- you guys are doing those Dungeons and Dragons movies. Uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Or whatever. <laughs> Call <Yeah. it> Dungeon. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I know, I know you, I mean, I know we pulled you in on jukebox a couple of times for punk rock. Uh, yes. Uh, Trip does so, know his punk rock really well. Yeah. So, when I was eleven, the the thing that made me play guitar was Green Day. Like, yeah, in uh, yeah, it must have been my eleventh birthday because I got the album for Christmas, and then the following birthday is when I got my guitar. And the album I know was Dookie, which came out in ninety four, um, and that kind of started me into punk rock. And so I've kind of been a lifelong punk rock fan, um. Every kid born in the yeah. 80s fucking owns that album, dude. Every absolutely. Kid. Absolutely. Every 100%. fucking kid. I'm a country guy and I fucking have that album. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first album I ever got on tape. We were like, oh, when Dookie came out, we were like, what happened to punk rock? I remember. Yeah. I was the um, old school New York dolls and all that. It's like, yeah. Because exactly. I've, I've never thought of them as punk. It's funny that you characterize them. That. I've never thought of Green Day as punk. I've always thought they're, of them as alternative. They're. They're an offshoot of it, I'd say. Yeah, they're they're um they're very uh they they have both feet in pop punk, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. At the time when I was eleven years old, it was like, wow, this is the punkiest thing I've ever heard. Uh, you know, as I've gotten older, I've learned the history of punk, and come to understand that uh, yeah. you know, the Green Day is really just a toe in the water of punk. Yeah. Um, so I, I generally listen wow. to a lot more like Ramones, Misfits, New York Dolls, 
uh, stuff like that. Um, and then like the the kind of late '90s, early 2000s turn of like you know the resurgence of punk during the Warp Tour years. Yeah, uh, is is what's in my like, weekly rotation a lot. Like Blink was that is that punk or is that pop, pop punk. punk? That's pop punk. Pop, pop sure. punk. It's more pop punk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, okay, so I because I grew up. This is mind blowing for me now. I never would again. I never would have thought of Green Day as punk. I would have said they were alternative. Similar in the they vein definitely, that like Pearl Jam, they yeah. definitely Pearl Jam was ended up alternative, more alternative, but they're grunge. Like Pearl Jam is grunge alternative, and Green yeah. Day obviously had a different sound. So like I just characterized it all as alternative because it wasn't metal, right? It was not heavy metal, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the rock that I remember. Like it wasn't like Pink Floyd or like Led Zeppelin, like that kind of rock, obviously. So yeah. Yeah. Trip's laughing at me now because I just I oh, well, yeah. music I suck at music guys. No, like, no, no, no. I'm no, he, I'm actually he, laughing at Jay Davis. His comment that forget about Lord of the Rings, do an anniversary show on the Phantasm movies. <laughs> First of all, like the the only problem with that is we would be doing thirty years worth of shows because there's five Phantasm movies that came out over the course of thirty years. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, but well, I would be absolutely down to do that. I love Phantasm. Well, Bear, we're we're two years away from um the 50th anniversary of Rocky, and three years away from the 50th anniversary of Saturday Night Fever. So, oh, I've got a bookmark, Coop. Yeah, the, the, I've got yeah, the so, Rocky anniversary bookmark. That's fucking happening. Yeah, it's happening. Those are both, and, and Saturday Night yes. Fever is happening as well. Uh, even it's going to be the it. only fucking movie pod that I'm going to bring you on, Coop. It's the Rocky, <laughs> I'm, and I'm going to break show. the record for longest show with that one. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to go mm-hmm. through every line of. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, Trip, I'm just pulling up the Dave and I are doing our 2024 planning. And he already has you booked for a punk show. So I'm like, nice. well, not in. a day. So, yeah, you're in. Yeah, because Trip did one. It was really good. But we didn't. We just really skimmed the surface of it. He was great on that show. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do like movies, but I'm very sele- selective <laughs> of my movies. You are. I tend to watch like 20 movies over and over again. <laughs> Uh, no, that, that, that but Coop, that's most. I mean, like Trip and I do the same thing. Like we, like we were talking about. Like we, I loop. I'll loop a movie yeah. for weeks. Well, I do like, watch the Christmas movies. I was able to do that bracket with Dojo because I watch a lot of those Christmas movies over and over again. So you know, there's probably about twelve or thirteen. I'll watch it. Other ones I just put aside. Okay, so I, I really I feel terrible about this, but I actually missed the show and I missed it. So who won the who won the bracket? I'm not uh, trying to be cute a Christmas here. story won it. Okay. Yeah, which That's wrong. It, well, but but um you uh so the but Christmas vacation did make the final four. And Shocker. and um but it was beaten by <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life. I I Fuck watched yeah, the movie was. the other day where they said there was a line in the movie that I just resonated with me so hard which was if you want to watch a fucking Bob Clark Christmas movie, watch Black Christmas. Uh, for people who don't know, which most people don't yeah. know, Black Christmas, which is kind of the it, it's the, it's truly the original of the modern slasher, yeah, formula <laughs> where you don't know who the killer is, but you're identifying with these victims yeah. and they're getting killed off one by one. Yeah, it was directed in 1974 by Bob Clark, who ten years later directed that. Christmas Story. Yeah. By the way, little, little if you're listening. There's gonna be another bracket on Friday. I'm in, and it's sitcoms. And there's actually, Friends is gonna win, right? 
I, so I don't know. Uh, so they, I don't want to give too much because they haven't announced it yet, but it's going to be old shows and new shows. So I'm like really the expert on the old shows is what I'll just say. Right. The taxi's going to yeah. win. I, you don't I'm have pushing... a fucking, you don't I, have a fucking I, prayer coop because no one gets that good shit. Like well, no, I have, I have a secret weapon this year. I have, a, I have an ally. Juan can't sell. <laughs> okay. Juan, now, if Juan stays sober, he's going to help me out on that. <laughs> just, that's going to be the key thing. Because Juan and I have the same taste in these old TV shows. Mm -hmm. We're very much I, on the I, same I page with this. But Juan does embrace some of the newer stuff. Uh, so I think they're doing like basically 1980s. One side of the bracket will be pre-1980. The other side of the bracket will be post-1980. I think it was. So there's a lot of like a lot of um, discussions that have been happening. I'm just not into I just not into hip TV shows, man. Like my 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 like like Coop, you and I we you and I share the are we share a hatred for Seinfeld. Like I just I fucking hate that show. I don't like so Seinfeld. I, I will be voting against Seinfeld, I'll tell you that. Um I was in, I was indifferent I was indifferent with friends, which is incredibly unpopular. Uh like, I am too. Uh, an, an unpopular an unpopular opinion. I, I you know, it wasn't a bad show. I just like I just just never got into it. how I met your mother. Was I like that, that, kind of, that show. I do like that show. I do like that show. I, I again, I'm indifferent towards it. Like not again, not not pro, not con. Like just not like. Um, I, I, I think it's a good. Show. I, I like that one. I mean, I wanted King of Queens and it didn't make it. King of the Queens was really. Uh, and, uh, that was a good show. King of that, Queens. That was, was a good well, era for sitcom. It was like bringing back the honeymooners in a modern era. It was really close to a honeymooners type of show. I thought. A uh, couple without kids and all that, you know, it was it was just a guy who was like a working class guy. It was it was I thought it was really well done. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, on on Friday. I I have a feeling I know who's gonna. Like I said, I think like Seinfeld's gonna be tough to beat. Uh, all it's in gonna the be Seinfeld and friends. Yeah, but I think all, I think Seinfeld, all dude. I think all in the family is gonna do well. I so, hope so, man. All in the but, family but, is a great show. But great they're, show. they're they're Sanford mm -hmm. and Son Sanford and Son will be in it, but there's a lot of debate where it belongs. So that's we've been having a lot of because I'm a big Sanford and Son fan. Sanford and Son's not gonna dude. I mean, you're that show's brilliant, but that that show's not gonna make it out of the first matchup. It just won't. Yeah, a lot. That's what, see. That's I, what these see. Juan and I are like. This is a legendary show. It was basically it was the first black you know black situation comedy. Yeah. It was groundbreaking, you know. It was, and and it's it was a big popular show in the at least where I grew up. It was always the popular rerun. So we'll see. But you you guys are saying you're saying the same thing as these guys are saying. Oh, it doesn't. It's not going to get out of the first round. Uh, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but it's again, it's I I mean, and I don't know. Eric Eric could surprise me, um, but I've uh, Eric to me has always seemed to have an affinity for 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 very for pop culture in a way that, yeah. that, that different that differs from that differs from my own opinion. It's not wrong. It's the, Eric you know. grew up in the same era as I do, but Eric probably embraces change better than I do. So I'm very yes. much stuck in my ways. Juan Juan is a little bit stuck in like Juan and I are very much on the same page on a lot of stuff. But I notice a couple of newer shows that Juan is pushing for too. I don't want to give too much away with that. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting with that. So that will be on Friday because um, I am a big sitcom guy. Uh, you know, I was trying to I was trying to say does does Entourage belong in there, but I don't think Entourage was a sitcom, and they were yeah, right. not really a sitcom. Great so comedy, but not a sitcom. Yeah, that's the same with Weeds. Okay. Weeds is the same thing. Weeds was the same deal. Yeah, yeah. All right. So before we get into 
this pairing was great, by the way. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance with the Diplomatical was fantastic. It kind of draws a little more of the sweetness out of this uh, cigar that you get it with the pairing. Diplomatico, I feel, is a really good pairing whiskey because it has a not a ton, but it has just enough of that bitterness yeah. on the back, and it has a pretty heavy sweetness, but not like your, not like your, you know, uh, your mass market rums. It doesn't yeah. have that like super sugary sweetness. Yeah, it has like a little bit of that hard candy sweetness. Yep, yep. No, you nailed it. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance, by the way, um, I know we're going to get into predictions in a second. I'll just make a prediction. I think Pledge of Allegiance will come back this year. I can't see EPC not bringing this blend back again. It was really good. Um, it ages really well. And uh, it's not going to be on the coupe list this year because the review did not make the deadline. But it is 2024 eligible. Uh, and it's got go. a 90 on coupe, which is a rare score these days. Standard, the standard of... Of excellence. Yep, yep. It uh, and uh, it pairs like I said, it really pairs nicely with this. Uh, so this was uh, I said this cigar. I managed to get my hands on some of these. So a very, very good cigar. All right. Um. So you know we're into the new year. I don't make resolutions, so I'm not going to ask anyone what their resolutions are. Uh, I think Abe summed this up the best when I was talking to him. He said. Abe the Babnas resolutions are meant to just be broken. Like you make resolutions, it's, 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 so I'm not going to get into that. But we the are running, we, biggest running biggest running joke in America, man. New Year's yeah. resolutions. Yeah, I don't do them. I don't do them. Uh, so, um, but I did want to get into. Uh, I did do mine from last year, though. I want to say that. Wh which one was it again? I went 365 days on Duolingo learning Spanish. I had right. a streak of 365 um, days. I went, I went January. Went to January to January. You need to talk to Lisa, uh, my wife. Um, she's been doing that too. Same. She's unbelievable with the progress she's made with it. Yeah, she is really, yeah, really. It's good stuff. I mean, I mean, I actually am almost at a point where I said you, you need to come down to translate. She's really good. So uh, <laughs> she did it like, religiously the whole year. Um, in fact, when I get some of these Spanish press releases, sometimes. Uh, I have her translate them. I don't use the Google Translate. I actually have her do it because she's able to do wow. it better. So she's done made that Duolingo is, is she's made really good progress with that. So, um, but we do all talk about the cigar industry. We cover the cigar industry. So I thought we would actually go around the horn, and there's no wrong answers on these. By the way, uh, any type of cigar industry prediction you want to make, there's nothing to to. You know, it could be something simple. It doesn't have to be a deep industry topic, a company, a brand, a trend, whatever you're going to see. A um, couple predictions, uh, maybe one or two from each of us. Um, and Trip, we're going to put you on the spot as the first person here. So, all right, um, I'm smoking it right now. The the blackened. Um, I think we may see a blackened line extension. I. I could absolutely I could, see that. I, I think two years, it's time, yeah. I'm glad they didn't do it this year, but yes, I could agree with you. And, uh, any thoughts on what it might be? That I'm not sure. I think they'll do something that's not necessarily Maduro, but it yeah. may be something closer to a wrapper change to yeah. something like Connecticut Broadly for a different Maduro. Yeah. But I, I think we may see like a full, full revamp kind of line extension that's a brand new blend that's you know, this one is Maduro to the core, and they may find another, uh, 
another similar kind of angle to it, but I'm not sure what. Maybe maybe all Habano or something like that. I don't. Yeah, you know, I could see a Habano. Um, certainly, I could see Drew, Drew State taking another shot at a Sumatra because mm. you know the the Sungrown didn't go right. The Sungrown didn't work. They don't have a Sumatra right now. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm sure they got Sumatra tobacco in in reserve. Yeah. I could see them taking a shot with that, maybe. <laughs> I wonder if they're ever going to give Willie Herrera an anniversary cigar, man. I don't think it happened. I don't think it passed, but yeah, I thought it for did. Sure. It passed ten years. We're at work. no, this is the fifteenth year. It's been around for fifteen years now. The mm. two thousand twenty-four will be fifteen years, right? Or two thousand twenty-five? No, no it's I thought it was twenty thirteen was the first. One. Yeah, two thousand twelve, thirteen is where I when it came out. Okay, never yeah. mind. Yeah, Willie oh, joined Georgia State in two thousand eleven, but Herrera too was like more. It was a year later before we even heard about it. And then it was months before it hit the market after. So it was more like 2013. Doesn't okay, mean they still it. can't. But it hasn't stopped anyone from doing an anniversary cigar being late. Keep that in mind. Yeah. So you never true. know. You never know. All right, we'll go to Bear. We'll kind of go around the horn here. So a line extension? Anything? That's, that's my guess. Yeah. Line extension or brand extension. You're or saying or like just... Yeah. Okay. So, um, no. So it's in a similar in a similar vein as far as like a rapper change. I think, I think J.C. Newman's going to take a crack at doing a line extension for the American, and very similar Ooh, to what Trip was saying. I call. They so had like plans what, for that, and they had plans for that years ago for several brands under this fourth generation banner. Yeah. Yeah. So like FSG did the trunk press, right? That's the broadleaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what they do because you can find American broadleaf. It's fucking hard mm-hmm. now. I think it'll be Pennsylvania broadleaf. But Pennsylvania do. broadleaf, you could do a broadleaf and then FSG tobacco in it. So, like flip it, um, you know, flip it, flip do a it. different wrap. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a, yeah, like a, an inverso, like a in, in the vein of Fratello inverso. Just flip the flip the flip the binder and the wrapper around. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting. So that's, I, that's like kind of what Omar did with Fratello. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the yeah, the line of Inverso, um, I think Quesada is going to continue to build the Casa Magna legion of shit. Like the, they could do. Speaking of Sumatra, they could do a Casa Magna Sumatra. You know, it seems to be Sumatra seems to be the thing that everyone's going to. Espinosa just announced that they did a Sumatra line. Her clots with the Suma, right under Ferriotego. Mm-hmm. It's going to get like, a little tougher to get I, Sumatra though. It's going to get tougher though. Uh, so, always tough. Well, the key thing is like Drew State probably got reserves of it. Um, like I don't know what Espinosa is going to do when because there's all the problems in Ecuador right now with El Nino and the crops. That's what I, that would be my only concern. But but if they have, if someone's got reserves of tobacco, they could certainly do it. Right. Even if they do a limited run of it, so I think it's a good. I think it's a good guess. I I'm, I have other predictions, just not at line extension. So we'll go we'll go around. Yeah, we'll do around we'll go around it. Yeah, I guess I'm up. Okay. Oh, uh, the Fuente Pedro yeah, release will happen in 2024. <laughs> okay, that that's my prediction. You're gonna die on this. You're gonna die on this fucking hill, aren't you, Coop? But at this point, that's a pretty easy one. But we'll okay. We'll but see but if they can delay it. At, uh, okay, six but, or seven more times. But I do think Padron's attention is going to turn to the Padron 60th. And I, there is, from what I understand, there is a Padron 60th, so I'm not making the prediction on that. 
but it's going to be a big release when this Padron 60s comes out. Mm -hmm. It's really been a long time since there's been a all new Padron cigar coming out. Um, they've kind of released these Padron blacks here and there, but they've been really, they've been very small risk, but I think Padron 60 is, is going to be huge for them. Uh, I think it's going to be like it was with the 50th 10 years ago. I think they'll be going over the top with it. So I think it's going to be a major year for Padron this year uh, with the 60th. I, I think uh, they're definitely going to want to pay homage to uh, Jose Orlando Padron because he was alive when the 50th happened. And I think you'll see a lot mm -hmm. of focus with, with the 60th um, on this right now. So like I said, it's not predict. There is a 60th coming out from what I've, everything I've heard. It's uh, I've heard George say it. It's just a matter of, I think it's going to be a major Padron release they're going to do here. So I think it's going to be an all-new release they'll have with that. All right, I'll go. Trip, do you have another one? I'm trying to think of another one. Okay, we'll go to Bear then. We'll go to Bear. You don't have to. We're not forcing anything. Right. On it. Oh no, I, I've got, I've got a, I've got a good hot take. Yeah, I think that in 2024 we will see a, we will see a prominent cigar celebrity, if you will, that's not brand affiliate, like that's brand affiliated, create their own line. Of cigars, like leave their company and create a loan online. So I'll give you a couple of examples. I'm not saying these are the people, but like this is the idea that I have, right? right. A John Carney leaves La Florida Minicana and starts his own cigar line. A Terrence Riley leaves leaves uh uh Agonor Sleeve and starts his own and starts his own cigar line. Miguel Shadell leaves Crowned Heads and starts his own cigar line. Someone like that. They could still do it. They could still do it within their company, lot. though. They could still do it in their company. Sure, a brand. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I think that's I, that's my that's my hot take for 2024. Is it's we'll we will see someone either leave or do it, but if again independently, completely independent, like not the crowned heads Miguel or whatever. Like Miguel will create like Herencia 21 cigars or something like that. Like. I'm not saying that's what Miguel is doing. I'm just saying, like, that's that's what my prediction is of a the, random of the move. You know, the it makes it yeah, makes the, all the, the sense person with behind that. it. If there's anyone who's going to do a baseball Latin themed cigar line, it has to be Miguel. Yeah, yeah, yes. You you know, people don't. Here, here's a here's a crazy fucking thought. What if, what if Dan Tion and Miguel hooked up for a new cigar line? Holy fucking shit! Wouldn't that be awesome? I'm just saying. Trip doesn't know what we're talking about because we're talking about sports again. But holy fucking shit! Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. So Dan Tiant, if for folks who don't know, is the son of Louis Tiant. Uh, Louis Tiant um, had his own cigar line for a while that Dan was running the company with. Oh. Uh, and they were making cigars out of Pepin. They were damn good cigars they had too. What they were, were these cigars? El Tiante. El Tiante. Oh yeah, I remember El Tiante. That. They were really good cigars out of Pepin. I didn't know those were baseball affiliated at all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> go sport. Go sport ball coop. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, there, there was a time where I was hunting down everything that Pepin made. Whether I knew what the association was or not, if he made it, I was hunting it there. That that's that's unbelievable. That was, uh, cool. that was yeah. so sick. I'm going to make a, yeah. I think there's going to be, this is, I know this may be not on a limb here, okay? But I think you'll see one of the big four 
possibly maybe sell off a piece, not not acquire a piece of something. Sell off a piece. Sell off. So like Davidoff sells happening. Camacho. Like Davidoff sells Camacho, or maybe Altidus sells a piece of something off, right? Or General sells Ford, or something like that. right, or something like that. Yeah, or they sell certain brands off. I think we may, I, Drew Estate's gonna not gonna do that. Drew Estate will be will be immune from, it. but I I could see that happening. I could see that happening. I don't think there's going to be a major acquisition per se of something. I do. Yeah, that was going to be my next is prediction is that I don't think we're going to see any major acquisitions this year. Not at the oh, not at I the think we will. I think STG I I think STG acquires another brand by the end of 2024. Absolutely. How how is it Okay, so that's a good Okay, so let's just make we'll go with that. Again, we won't like put a name out there if, unless you want to, but um is it the size of an Alec Bradley acquisition, which no. was large, or no. is it the size of a room 101? I could see it as a room. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. Right. It's going to be somewhere in the, the middle. Under. Yeah. It was going to be somewhere in the middle. I think, like, I think there, I think there are companies that are ripe to be sold. Um, whether you like it or not, just for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I, I mean, STG is, is made it very clear that that's what they want to do. They want to corner the market and they want to acquire great bands and great companies and stuff. That's why we fucking joke with yeah. Justin all the time. Stop talking to people. Like anytime we see him with something, get away, get away. Yeah. Oh no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Justin. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's going to be someone in between. I think it's going to be someone in between like, I... um, like the size of like, let's just say, um, no, because I'm not gonna. No, because I'm not gonna put that fucking hex on anybody. No, but yeah, somewhere in the between, <laughs> somewhere in between the size of Room 101 and um, Alec Bradley, like it'll be a. So Alec Bradley sold for nearly 80 mil. We 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 think Room 101 was somewhere in the neighborhood of below 10, right, Coop? Somewhere in below Wait, 10, I think it was maybe way below 10. five, maybe. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, but, yeah, and that was a brand. So somewhere, I would say somewhere. Yeah, I would say somewhere in the twenty million to twenty-five million dollar range will be the purchase price of said company. So who would fall into like you, you know again? We're not. What's a twenty to twenty-five million dollars company that you would see? Uh, because I look at something. Uh, I'm, not, think, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make a prediction here, but EPC was probably something that I'd look at that size. No, EPC is worth more than twenty-five mil, dude. You think more than twenty? I don't think it's worth seven. They have a fa- well, They have their own. Factory. They have their own factory. They do have a factory. Have a factory. But a lot of times, a factory, factory isn't the isn't a deciding factor. Sometimes they look at that. You know, should it, be. But um, I think I think I don't think I it was think, with Agio. I don't think it was a big one with Agio when they were acquired. No, I think I think I think Kristoff is in that size. You think it's that big, Kristoff? I, I think big. so. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they don't own the factory, but they have a they have a deciding interest in that in that that factory's existence, you know, mm-hmm. for the most know, part. Seems, so, yeah, I know my met. Uh, um, let's see. Um, I think you I'm know, not answering like, private messages from anyone, just so you know. <laughs> How right? Cru- like, Crux, Crux is in that vein. Crux is in that vein. No, I don't think they go twenty million, cr- but they'll probably be in the they'll probably be sub twenty. But like, I I I think. Again, it, it's always it's always about the price tag, man. Like you know, Jeff could say, you know, say Crux for example. Jeff could say, "I'm not selling for you know, I'm my my price is twenty five million, 
and then it's it's the market, man. It's it's whatever STG is willing to pay for it, right? You know, I mean, Jeff could put a price tag on his own company. It doesn't matter what if it's ridiculous or not, because I guarantee that's what Alec Bradley did. I mean, it's not like Alec Bradley settled. They weren't lowballed. You know, they said, "Hey, here's eighty million. You want it? Fuck yeah!" But like, <laughs> who doesn't want that? So I don't know. Um, so so does so I have two companies that could be doing acquiring. That are not big direct. And I'll just mention, Bear, you probably know the story with this one. I don't want to talk too much about why I think it's this one, but Toscano mm-hmm. would be one. Yeah, they, I can see that. And the other one um, would be Placencia. Uh, if you read Charlie Minato's like, article of predictions, he's spot on what, what Placencia is doing. Right? They're getting ready to go big. Uh, they're getting ready to go big. They're getting ready to go big in the luxury market. They hired Jim Young. Uh, I think they're going to be really focusing on the international market a lot. So I, I can see Placencia potentially trying to get a couple more brands under the portfolio that way. If it was like a decade further down the line, the, the company that Placencia would look to buy to build out that arm is Ferry Otego, but it's too young at this point. I, and I yeah. think Michael's been very clear with his intention with it. He's not building to sell at this point, at least. Yeah. He's trying no, to build he, the dream. He'd be too early. It's too early for him to even try to sell. It's too early. Unless yeah, someone would cut him a $70 million check, then he would right. I mean, He'd be crazy not to. Yeah, everyone's got a price, man. Right. P, P, even Pete Johnson said that. Everyone's got a price. Everyone's got a, everyone's got a price, yeah. I mean, uh, Alan Rubin had a price. Uh, you know, yeah. when I go back, I go back. So I got It was $80 fucking million. Dollars. Who's not listen, taking that shit? Listen, I, gotta, I, I think we've told this story on the air, right? So I don't think we're telling. Trip, so... Well, here's what happened when when last year, a year ago, okay, I give Alec Bradley cigar of the year. Oh, yeah. I get a phone call from someone saying you're going to be a guy who uh, your number one cigar of the year is going to be in the hands of another company in in, in a few months, and that company's STG. <laughs> I was told that, right? I told Bear this, and Bear had Alan Rubin coming on the show, so I said, Bear, see if you know. Obviously, you can't ask him this, right? But feel him out on this. Man, I play. I put Alan Rubin on my poker team anytime. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> played poker with. Holy Alan. shit, man! Bear did. Well, it was like good. a week before, right? It was. It was a few. Yeah. Weeks. It was like two yeah. weeks. Two. It was two like two weeks, weeks before. before. Two yeah, weeks before. because this was like late January, early February, something like it was. And I remember I was in. I was in. Um, I was. That interview happened when I was at Puro Sabor, and I listened to that interview when I came back from Puro Sabor. And I said, let me see what Bear, and Bear, you know, you definitely, t-. and he didn't say, hey, you sell him, but he talked about about family, like blah, 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 just to see where his head was at. And then, like I said, Alan gave no hints, but I'd already yeah, known, was, like, someone scared. had already told me that this was a done deal. I mean, th- I was told this the day I announced Alec Bradley is the number one cigar. I got, I got a phone call on it. Yeah. So, and listen, like, to, to Alan's credit, like, obviously, like, First of all, when when the acquisition of that magnitude is going down, like there's legal ramifications if sure. anything gets shareholder, the shareholder. So involved. like, yeah, yeah, no shit. Like, no, he. But so like, but but I don't think I don't think looking back reflectively, I don't think Alan was dis it was was disingenuous or insincere with any of his remarks. No, like because no, if you I, think I, how things played out, he talked he, about it being he was fine. Company he didn't like, lie. He didn't yeah. lie. Is what it said. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. None no, of no. us knew it was no. a seventy million dollar offer either. I, like, even when when this happened, no one thought it was that much money. Even at the time when I was told this, 
So that was, I that mean, was, if you think about it, again, if you think about it reflectively, like some of his answers about it's his boy's company and he wants to set up his family for like, he did. He did. He did. Like, yeah. And, his, grand, uh, his grandchildren and great grandchildren are taken care of. It's yeah. And his, deal. and his boys are getting to be stewards for the brand right now, which is, uh, exactly. Um, it's I the, think we'll know a lot with the acquisition this year. What's where, where STG's heads at with Alec Bradley. It, mm-hmm. it, I, I am, I have, I think they have some work to do to kind of get the market share back with that brand. I think they lost some market share this year. They may tell me wrong, but it just seemed like there was less of a shelf presence this year. But that's, I think that's also to be expected as you assimilate a brand like that. It it takes some work. So that's not, oh, this is going downhill. It's just, you go through, was it norm, storm, perform, uh, reform, something like that, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll see with that. Um, and uh Bear, do you have any others? Uh yeah, give me a second. Um I wish I had another, but I can't think. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, can... I think actually I do have one more. Okay, yeah. I think that we see General do another uh bourbon branded. That they, that they haven't done yet, besides the Weller, the Eagle Rare, the Buffalo Trail, the Rabbit Hole with Diesel, yeah, the Rabbit Hole. They'll they'll what, do another one, I think. Would they? Would this is the one I always wondered about? Would they go and try to do something with gin because of Room One Hundred and One and the Room One Hundred and One? Should I, I don't? Should, I, guess I don't. But I don't, I don't think so. I, I just don't know how it worked. I don't know how well it would work. Gin, that's gin, su- gin such a gin, gin doesn't such sell a polarizing to spirit. Yeah, that's kind. Yeah. Of, and I don't know if it enhances about you know you know. There are dozens of us who yeah. drink gin and smoke cigars. Yeah, that's kind of where that's kind of where I would go with that. But I still wonder yeah. if they would try it because of maybe even if it's a pairing concept they do with the room one hundred and one and gin. I don't sure, know. I guess. Who's that Diageo, right? That owns all the scotch companies? Yeah. I mean, shit, man. They could I, I could do see a Diageo together. partnership happening where that that gives you dozens of distilleries that you could partner with and brand co brand with. Yeah. And other than the uh Other than the, what was that Scotch cigar, the peated cigar? Oh, the uh, Kalanok. Yeah, the Kalanok. Other than that, there there hasn't been a lot of, you know, specific Scotch promotion with cigars. So I could you know, see that happening. You know, Zengi made that cigar. I found out. Really? That's what I found out. Yeah. Wow. The Zengi was involved with that. Um, they were doing that down. Yeah. But I, I, from what I understand, they remember they came out with the they twenty five percent, fifty percent. Yeah, they actually got it all the way up to like a hundred percent, and anything after fifty percent was not worth smoking, is what I heard. So, <laughs> so they take, you know, I just wonder if anyone would bring that concept back. That, that I actually thought that was a really cool concept. What they did, I, I think so too. And I thought I, I was surprised. I only smoked the twenty five, but I was surprised by how good it was. It was a good cigar. The fifty, I think the twenty five was better than the fifty. Um. But it was like I said, they were they were you know peat firing the tobacco, which was yeah, a comp- like something had no one had really ever done that before, at that level. Yeah. 
All right, Bear. What are your other predictions? Um, that's that's a good one. Um, I, uh, I'm I'm stealing one from the chat, but this is another company. I I don't think it's 2024. So I'm cheating a little bit to the question, okay. but it that's was brought okay. it was brought up, and it had everything to do with a demeanor that I've never seen out of this individual at last year's trade show. Now everyone's got good days and bad, and I'm not even saying he was having a bad day, but everyone's got good days and bad and everyone has moods. And, you know, that's, that's, that's allowed. Um, But Rocky Patel was very decisively um, truculent and passive at this last year's trade show. Normally he's a walking infomercial. You know, exuberant, like really, really just like high energy, like fucking love interviewing that guy. He's kissing fantastic. me, kissing me. Yeah. Yeah. K- kissing Coop on, on, on camera, which is fine. Um, I think at some point he's going to sell. I just don't know when. Yeah. And I don't think it's 2024. I, I would and, agree. But I think Rocky as a company has been positioned to sell for a long time. Uh, it's a question of when they get an offer that. Well, he saw he sees enough. he sees the Alec Bradley price line a price tag now, and that's what he wants. I guarantee it. That's what he wants. I th- and I and I think it's worth it. Yeah. If you think about the portfolio, the legacy brands. He's got two fa- he's got farms and factories. Yeah, he's got. He wants he wants a hundred. I guarantee he wants yeah. three. I think I guarantee he wants he wants um um nine figures, easy. You know, the other night. I ran. Bring me the two commas. Bring yeah. me the two commas. So, what I do at midnight is I actually run a data a data dump of the traffic on Cigar Coop for the year. And I'm telling you, Rocky Patel, the traffic is unbelievable. Anything we of do, course. Rocky Patel. This was the fourth. This company was fourth in traffic on Coop. It was ahead of Davidoff this year. And the well, only three, yeah. Rocky well, is one of those Coop brands was- that. People who smoke one cigar a year. Yeah. They know Rocky. Uh, listen, I agree. Yeah. And if people are not reviewing Rocky, shame on you because that's exactly an audience you want to reach, right? You yeah. want you want some right. people who are doing that. And I think that's what I saw at Rocky because it was also very spread out um, across his portfolio where the traffic was going. It was just adding up. And the only companies ahead of him were Altidus at three, Drew State two, and STG one. That and I'm gonna tell Rocky's Rocky's numbers. He's were, making good shit. You know, he's I have making his... good stuff, man. The 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 sixty. While I've I've made the comment that the sixty is the best inconsistent cigar made in the last five years, because when that cigar's fucking hot, it's fucking great. The Listen, disciple is is one of my personal favorites in the last three years. Like I think it's one of the best. They shouldn't cigars have there. released the disciple the same year as the sixty. That was the mistake they made. They should have waited a yeah. year on the disciple because it got lost with but, the sixty. But Rocky's same, never waited on anything. That's the problem. The I same mean, with the, if, he, yeah. if anything, he's been more conservative lately. I mean, remember when he would he would go into a trade show and last la, launch ten SKUs? He's been a lot more conservative. He's been like two right. to three now. Yeah, not even ten SKUs, ten brands, lines. ten lines. Yeah, ten, ten lines. Brands. That's good. Yeah. Right, right. And ten uh, brands, fifty SKUs. Yeah, ten brands, fifty SKUs. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that one. Um, for sure. It uh. But yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of interest in Rocky. Um, and like I said, people could say, well, I don't uh, Rock, look, there have been some misses with Rocky. I thought Edge twentieth was a miss. I I think oh, God, yeah. Rocky has more misses than most companies. 
but he also like we said it's buckshot way approach, more man. it's buckshot yeah, approach. exactly he has way more cigars it, coming when out he's when he's when he's focusing when he's doing san andreas out of nicaragua that's his best yeah, stuff they're on that, that's the 60 that was the window collection that was a disciple i like that I like that cigar championship cigar they did. Those are all he's he's doing good stuff with the San Andreas right now, um, and you know, Dark Star wasn't my favorite cigar of his, but it was a different cigar. I got to say that it just kind of showed that you know it was very you know they were using the with the Paraguayan tobacco in there. Not the first guy to use it, but it it was interesting. It was an interesting blend. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that that um. That for sure. Um, and then I just think that the last thing I'll just say is I think this year you will see a cigar uh, eclipse the 750 mark in price. I think so. Yeah, I'm not talking the Gurkha or Maralanges, which is a di- I'm talking something that's a little more accessible. That a is real gonna... cigar that's 750 bucks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just say like something like Oro Blanco. I, and it may maybe Davidoff pushes the Oro Blanco up to seven hundred fifty dollars. I don't know, but I think you'll see something in that because I think there is a market for that stuff right now. As much as we could say, okay, demand may go down in the mainstream market, the luxury market. I think the demand is the still mo- there. Yeah, the luxury market is on fire. Everybody is releasing hundred dollars cigars right now. Yeah. Listen, Rocky told us at the trade show. Okay, the conviction, which is a hundred dollar cigar, he made that originally for Europe, seeing what was happening with Habanos. Yeah, and what happened is he started talking about like he started talking about people in the states, and then they said we want that cigar, and then he ended up releasing it to the states. That wasn't supposed to be even released for the states. That was a plan for Europe originally. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep. All right. Um, I think we if you guys get any more predictions, I'll go on to the. Uh, the next topic here. Uh, this is just a little more easier one. Um, Bear, this may be a little in line with what you do on LOSO, so I apologize. But, um, you know, we all no, smoke cigars. Okay. Is there a favorite moment you had this year of smoking a cigar? Doesn't that say it could be the best cigar experience, could be who you were around with? Um, do oh, do you have, yeah, is, is there something that you guys have with that? I, I have a couple in mind. Yeah, I have a few. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Let's I have go. a couple too. Yep. So. All of mine uh, are in are in Miami. Uh, it was it was the great smoke. Not the event was great, but getting to like you know I've been at arm's length with the cigar industry for a couple of years, especially with COVID happening. So getting to actually like be in person, seeing you guys and uh, and the rest of the cigar coalition, and you know the the brand owners getting to see Saka again, getting to see Pete again, uh, was fantastic. Like it gave me energy for months that like yeah. I didn't know I still had. Where you know, just just getting to to be in the same room with people again was really nice. And you, know? you were kind of also awesome. not only did you not with COVID, but you were also on the West Coast in an area where you don't yeah. get. Like Charlotte's a very accessible area, and Dallas a very accessible area to people in the industry as well as Florida. Well, you go to other parts of the country, you don't get that type of access. Yeah, exactly. Being yeah. on the West Coast, I would have once a year Saka might. Well, once every two years, Saka Saka would come through town. About once a year, Hector would come through town. Uh, it was pretty rare to be able to get any FaceTime with anybody. 
other yeah. than you know my local friend yeah um and yeah just getting to be around around people in the industry and like talk shop was so good yeah i would agree it was a good moment and what was uh when we were at you and i were at uh lazona and i think we had some great smoking moments uh obviously yeah. in hector's office outside and then of course at caribbean so yeah yeah and another one of mine was i this was last month uh john mctavish came down and he was in miami for a couple nights and excuse me i uh drove over for one night just to hang out and see people and we ended up at caribbean uh with a round of fuck that guy uh there was just a blast nice I love Caribbean cigars, man. Yeah. Alan's big does a great shop. Yeah, it is. Shops love in the it. country. I love that chat. Like I said, that's where I smoke. Um, so people want me. Hey, I said, look, if you want to catch up with me, this is where I'm gonna be. Yeah. Uh, not that there's other, not other great shops of mine, but I just tend. I know Alan's been very good to us uh, over the years. My my uh, best excuse was also the great smoke. So I, I mine was a little bit different. Um, for a couple of reasons, I, I know we've all experienced this, and I've talked about this before. Everyone, every one of us has had the the fucking streak where you just you're smoking new cigar after new cigar, and nothing fucking smokes good. You just go mm-hmm. on a bad run, right? Like everything is bad. Like uh, nothing, but it doesn't t- nothing blows you away. Nothing tastes good. Then you run into cigars with bad construction or a plug cigar, and it's just like God, dude, you can't fucking smoke anything that's good. It's just the most annoying thing ever. And I've had I've had two really bad streaks in my smoking career. One time I was it was when I was still working at Michael's, and thank God for the Florida Minicana Chapter One, man. That fucking saved my life, man, because I was just going on a run of just bad cigar after bad cigar. Holy shit, man, it's bad. Uh, but I was in the middle of one uh, or the end of one right when the Great Smoke came around. So we flew in, and we were hanging out uh, that night on the patio, and 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 you know I was I was also dealing with some personal stuff too. Um, yeah. that you guys know about, and it was just, I remember man, that it was just fucking shit. It was just shit. And Ben hands me, Ben Lee hands me this cigar, and it's his his cigar that he he had made. It was it's Valicari, what it's a great cigar that that's made, yeah, made by the uh, an owner of the of a shop in New Orleans that he knows. And it, it this is the quintessential Ben cigar. It's a Connecticut shade. Mild but flavorful and incredibly like very. Even though he he doesn't say he likes spice, that fucking thing was spicy as shit. And I, I mean that that cigar was so oh, fucking good, like so good, man. I smoked that till I was burning my fucking fingertips. That cigar was amazing, and I freaking loved it. And I was damn, it was all about it. Um, that was really great. Um, what a great experience that was, and just to be with friends and everything. That was just a it was a beautiful time too. Um, but the other for me, which was probably the biggest surprise of 2023 for me, um, cause I normally don't get caught off guard. Um, you know, that happened a couple of years ago with the, uh, the, uh, Howard G magic stick Cameroon, but this year, uh, the cigar that caught me the most off guard was when I did an interview with Steve Abbott from speaking of STJ. Well, well yeah, um, this is a very and, special cigar. And, yeah. And the Macanudo Flint Knoll, um, that Churchill, holy, holy cow! Shit. 
That's the best Macanudo ever made. Period. Oh, yeah. And oh, story. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hasn't landed on the coupe list yet, by the way. But never know. Yep. It's coming, though. It's coming. Maybe. That's my prediction. It's, it's great coming. cigar. Um, but, but yeah, no, it was absolutely. We, we were blown, absolutely and then we smoked it on round table and we were best. all blown away. Because even when Bear yeah. brought that cigar trip to round table, I think a lot of us like, oh, because a lot of us have smoked the Toro and we didn't have a good experience with the Toro. And we all said, look, let's go. Bear, Bear usually knows what he's talking about when he wants us to smoke a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Bear usually knows what a disclaimer. Bear usually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, you, was, you, Bear's not going to put a dog. Yeah. Well, and here, here's the, I mean, here's the spoiler alert. It can't be on my top 10 because I don't do limited editions. It's an honorable but mention. But that cigar, that's that, that cigar. Well, uh, spoiler alert. It's an honorable mention. Yeah, it has um, to be. Yeah. It is. No, yeah. I, I'll, 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 I'll fucking say it. I don't care. Um, I, I gotta try it, this It's an cigar. honorable mention. It's the best fucking. It's the best fucking cigar I smoked all Trip, year. Trip, I'll talk it to you because we best we, fucking cigar. I've interviewed the owner I've of Flint. No, he's a great guy too. He's watching. Way. He's a great guy. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's, we, yeah, he's fantastic. He's yeah. fantastic. Oh, he's come great. Yeah. Um, we yeah. have to because I tell you what. Um, and the wine is his. I got to taste the wine's unbelievable. The wine's fucking amazing. And yeah, when you pair it so with the cigar, oh my goodness. We had him on KMA, yeah. and uh, what an interview! What a great guy! Yeah, I mean, it's a it's yeah. a great project. Was, yeah, I've smoked. By the way, I've smoked the twenty twenty three one. It's excellent. I mean, it's excellent. It's, it's, it's it hasn't lost a yeah. beat. It hasn't lost a beat. By the way, yeah, yeah. This was the twenty twenty two specifically, and Steve right. was kind of Steve was kind enough to come on my show in a last minute pinch. I'd gotten the cigars for Laura, from Laurel Tilly before she departed the company, and yeah, Steve's like, like, yeah, light that up, and I was like, sure, something okay, and yeah. you know, I mean. Look, I mean, I, I'll say it. I mean, I'm just I've I've smoked a ton of Macanudo in my lifetime, more than I've probably ever wanted to, to be right. honest. It's, um, I like I like a lot of Macanudo, but this one's the best Macanudo. Yeah, it's like uh, they're like they're like they're good, like but none of my like I don't reach for them. Yeah, you know, there's just too many cigars that are out there that are that good. I, the, the, it was the easily the best cigar I smoked in 2023. Easily all- by far, it was so fucking good. It wow. was unbelievable. It was unbelievable that cigar. And and like I said, I I like Macanudo 1968. The Crew Royales I've smoked. Good everyday cigars. This is a little more of a of a of a, of a premium luxury type of item that you want to have. Uh, you know, because it's not it's not a huge run they did of these cigars. But I'm I'm glad at least. Uh, I think it's coming back for one more run. And and they can correct me if I'm wrong. At least one more run. It, it, it's to my opinion, General needs to find a way to to make this ongoing. It, it's yeah, that, it's that so it's that good a release, yeah. It's everything Shit. you say about you have to just. But you know, like I said, the Toro. And I, like, here's the thing: I've gone back. You know, it's funny. I smoked the Toro in the 2023, and it was excellent. So I don't know. Maybe I had a weird a weird day today. I smoked the Toro, you know. But that, yeah. So I'll no, just I, I I like the. I don't think the church. I don't think the Toro is like the the poor experience that you had with it. I think the Toro was excellent. It's a, it's a, no but the it's, Churchill the Churchill was. No, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just, superior. I'm just saying I didn't expect what we got out of the Churchill because it was at another level. That's what I want to kind of say on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that and, was yeah. important. Holy shit! Yeah, good stuff. Yep. All right, I got a couple. Um, uh, and well, I got one last one too. Uh, okay, go so, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. The other one, like, I feel like I'm the poster child for STG with the Alec Bradley banner behind me. But the other STG <laughs> product that I it was just the biggest surprise for me in 2023. I don't know what I was expecting, 
I know which one uh, you're but I wasn't about. expecting great this. show. It's the Johnny Tobacconot. Yep. The Johnny Tobacconot was great the cigar. biggest Do- surprise and, for me. And Dojo had it on his list today. Show. Dojo had it on his list today. I thought it was too low. <laughs> yeah. He's got it at like 17 or something, 18. Yeah, yeah I, I should say too low. You know, because it depends. Because I don't know where it would land on mine because it wasn't eligible this year. But yeah, it's it's that was one of our highlights at a trade show. It was they they should be getting a thousand percent behind Johnny Tobacconot right now. Because that blend is fantastic. Yeah. That could be a workhorse yeah, blend for them for excellent. a long time. Yeah. I, I look, I'd say this, I think it's the best cigar Matt did since uh the room one oh one Connecticut. Which was amazing. Damn, that's high price. I, I'm still a Daruma Gold guy, man. I think well, Daruma, okay, like, Daruma, Daruma Gold John, was a little more limited. So it's yeah. Giants Tobacconaut. Yeah, Jorani Tobacconaut's my favorite, uh, followed by uh, followed by the Daruma Gold and then the Farce Maduro, which I know Jay Davis hates. He's cringing. I know he's still I listening. He's so, But yeah, but I, I fucking love the Farce Maduro. Yeah. That cigar's amazing. Yeah. Farce Connecticut's good, too. Yeah. Um, is Johnny Tobacco El Oso eligible this year or next year? Uh, well, technically it's eligible this year, but um, but no, it 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 uh it it'll probably it was too late of a release by the time it got released. I think it won't. It, it it's eligible for twenty twenty four. Okay, okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Same with me. It's, it was too late for me as well. Does that, does that fuck with your predictions, Coop? No, I I told you. I already told you the prediction. I'm sticking with I know, it. I know. I know. I'm already sticking with it. When you're uh, sticking with I it. know you won't change your prediction. All right. You sent everything to George already. <laughs> so, nope. Can't do it. Yep. Yeah. It's locked in. All right. I got two. So the first one goes to Pro Cigar this year. And Trip, you've been the Pro Cigar, right? Yeah. So, so okay. So this is what Lito Gomez. I think I've told this story, but I'll I'll rehash it for folks that haven't heard. So every day at Pro Cigar when there's a factory tour, um, everyone converges at this hotel, the Grand Alamante. And there's buses and they load people on the buses to go to the different factories. So I come outside and uh like Lito's literally there with a clipboard helping like get people on the bus, right? <laughs> this is what he, so and I see Carney. And I'm talking to Carney, and I'm BSing. I don't get on the bus yet. And um, Lito comes over, and he starts talking with us. And Carney's like, I say, hey, I got to get on the bus. Carney's like, hey, you want to ride in, in the van we have? I'm like, yeah, sure. And Lito comes and says, no, I want Coop riding with me. Wow. So Lito nice. has a driver, this big SUV, right? And I go with Lito. Um I go with Lido to the farm, which is about an hour away. Okay. So I'm getting one on one time with Lido, which I'm just telling you, this guy, you know, I'm not going to give the details of the conversation other than it was an amazing conversation I'm having with him. Right. But along the way, Lido's like, you want something to smoke? And I'm like, yeah. So little, little caveat people know I don't eat breakfast a lot. Right. And I'm not an eggs person. So I did not have breakfast. My man. Right, right, exactly. Trip, by the way, Trip is in, in the Egg Haters Club. So, but I know at the farm they have a nice pastry spread, right? At the farm, right? So I, I, I'll eat at the farm, right? No problem, right? So Lido hands me, but Lido hands me an Oro chisel. Yeah, I smoked this, right? And I'm smoking this, okay? And I'm in the back of this SUV, 
and I'm in Dominican traffic and I have an empty stomach. I am I am really getting lightheaded, okay? I'm I'm don't get me wrong, I'm into the conversation with Lido. They get to the farm, I get out of this SUV. I am dizzy. I am dizzy. <laughs> and I have I basically go to, to the bathroom, right? Fred Rui sees me. He's freaking worried about me. He's freaking like he looked at me. He's like, so he came in to make sure I was okay. I mean, he was like, he just like, I want to just check you're okay. I said, no, I just had the cigar like on an empty stomach. It was really strong. <laughs> so I was fine <laughs> after that. I got some water in me. I was fine. I got some food in me. I was fine. But it was amazing. I don't give me. I wouldn't trade it for the world with that like, that that, yeah. cig that cigar experience with Lido to get that kind of time. And he wanted me to come in the car with him. And that's and awesome. I, and he yeah he has just been so. By the way, we we were the only team trip this year at PCA to get an interview with Lito. Just uh, wow, which that's that's uh, I mean they've been really good to us, and they're making. By the way, the Solis is a great cigar. If people haven't had that. I'm in love with that cigar. I just bought I just ordered a box of those. By the way, um, so that's the first one. The second one happened in September, um, and it's with Jay Davis, so I know who's listening. So, uh, I got to go to Blue Smoke at Dallas. I got to spend time with Jay. Um, I went to dinner with Jay several nights in a row at Chamberlain's. Um, and it was just an incredible uh, camaraderie. Uh, you know, Jay, I've gotten to know Jay really well the last few years. He's been um, there for me a lot personally, and I appreciate it. And that that camaraderie that we had, um, you know, I was at Jay's store the whole day. He's doing a Tatawaii event and he's spending time with me, like making sure I'm okay and everything like that, you know, and he's getting busy for a major event and everything. Um, just a memory. I just, like I said, uh, because it was just, I smoked some cigars with Jay Chamberlain. I smoked some in the store. Uh, Jay gave me, uh, the, I think he gave me the, Jay, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting it. I'm tired. I'm old, but the, he gave me an Acasios, one of those rare ones that, uh, oh my God, it was unbelievable. So, um, you know, those two moments uh, this year. Um, and then Barrett, I also have to put at the at the McAuliffe um, open house. I think we had a great time with Dan up on the roof that night, uh, you know, for dinner. We were, we were smoking with Dan that night. And Jay was with us as well. Yeah, the McAuliffe open house is a lot of fun. So yeah. it's my, it was my second year going. Yeah, I won't be able, I, I won't be able to. I won't be able to go this year because most likely I'm going to enter back. So, uh, but I look forward to going back again. Yeah. So, but those were my moments for this year. All right. To close out, one last question. Uh, I promise the last question. We've all covered trade shows. Give me one trade show memory that stands out to you guys over the years. Oh. Can you reframe the question? Just make sure I understand it. Yeah. So we've all covered these trade shows. Is there a moment, a memory at the trade show, whether it's visiting someone at booze, after trade show hours, smoking with someone, um, that stands out? Man, there's From so many. From all the years? What was that? From all the years? All the years. Yeah, all the years. It's really kind of hard. It's it's kind of hard to build the walk-in, man. The first walk-in into Cigar City when it was held in the yeah. convention center in 18. Like that was, that's, and, and you really, had to, we really had to wait because of the tops. fire. Yeah, and we had to wait because of the fire. Yeah. That's probably a top one for me. I, I think meeting Michael Herklotz for the first time, you know, Michael oh, you has the sun king. You had never met him until the trade show. 
No. Yeah, I've never been to the trade show. It comes right. up and addresses me by name. My joke is I was wearing a name tag, but it doesn't matter because Mike made me believe that he knew me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I love this guy already. It's fantastic. Like, uh, I mean, he knew we worked together, knew we did shows together, obviously. And, and uh, you know, he had some high praise for us, which was very humbling coming from him. But um, absolutely. But that. But I think that um, the George Padron interview, all five minutes of it was glorious yep. for me. So those those are just a couple. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a couple I'll just throw out and trip I'll let you. Um, I mentioned Jose Sejas earlier interviewing him. Um he found me, him and Enrique found me at the at the old circle bar. And this was like a day or two before the trade show started, so it wasn't crowded. And uh Jose was hang Enrique had to go do something. Jose was wanting to talk to me. And he was picking my brain. And it was, like I said, this guy wanted to spend time with me. And people were coming up to him and everything. He's like basically blowing them off for me. Um, wow. So so that was um, that was one for sure. Uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, I was with another guy, this guy, John Partlow. Uh, he's a retailer from Charlotte. And he was with me during that. And we, we, the, two, the, the three of us were sitting there. We were just blown away. That he's wanting to hang out with us, right? Like, who are we, right? And he made us feel so important. Um, I think number another one is the Cigar Dave escapades <laughs> that we had. Uh, so there's two mm, parts. To there's two parts to this. So year one, right? Like, so like we keep the first year, like we keep running into Cigar Dave at the booth, right? But I think the best moment there was the La Polina. La Polina, yeah. So Bill we're Paley. sitting there with Bill Paley. We're interviewing Bill Paley. We have we got one on one time, and Cigar Dave comes popping in, right? And I go, I turn the barrack. We're we're screwed. Like we're done, right? And, well, get get, and get ready to get up, bear. Get Let's ready to get up. Like we're done, right? And he comes over wanting cigars. <laughs> he's and Bill sends Bill sends him away. He's like, go go. Uh, he tells him to go talk to someone. Like I don't remember who it was. It was I go, think back, it was, go bother go bother Sammy or something. Go yeah. bother Sammy or something, right? And he, and he was hard. He, did you see Dave's face was horrified, right? He was like, like I can't believe like what this is happening, right? And so Bill ended up talking to us. The year after is when we did this whole cigar Dave social media thing. <laughs> like we keep tagging yeah. all the time, and he goes and yeah. and then this thing starts blowing up. Like people are going to cigar Dave. Like do you see what these guys are doing? And he. He goes and finds me. Who <laughs> well, realizes I don't have any shame? Yeah, and I'm just, and I'm also very. I also have this like discernible superpower and secret skill of being able to take a really great selfie and doing it in such a manner that nobody really knows what I'm doing. Right, so the bears when he's, he's like, "Hey, hey, we're in the Crown Heads booth. Coop is just oh, this him, is the best story. John, 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 an award. John." puts it on display in the booth. It was a really nice gesture. It's sitting there and playing and it's sitting in the area where, where, where people are sitting with John or, or with Mike Condor and they're right there. And, and we're, we're wrapping up with John or, or we're at the, the Jason booth or something. It's like Barry's sitting right there with the award. I was like, I got this. We're going. And I go and I just take a, I just blow it up with the selfie and I just, I have a perfect angle. Dave's sitting there, and Dave's in for a little conversation. He doesn't know what the fuck's going, on. going he's on. Got his hands out like he's talking, and the Coop Award just sitting right there. It was fucking awesome. And I, I, I started doing it. I did it again too. We were at the. This is the. It was the, this was the year it sold, right? Right. We're at the Royal Agio party, right? The last Royal Agio party. Yep. And uh, and um, uh, Dave's talking to Jamie. 
and 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 Zev at the party. And I was like, I was and Coop's like, no, don't, don't do, don't, don't go talk to him, man. That's just rude. I was like, no, I got this. It's fine. And 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 I just went up to Jamie and I was like, hey, thanks for setting up those interviews. That was really good. Cause we, we interviewed Boris Winterman's. Yeah. And, and 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 so it's like, thanks for setting that up, Jamie. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Excuse me. <laughs> I just kept walking off. <laughs> I, I was love it. I was loving that. Oh. It was and then, but yeah, he found us later. He found you later and then and then he found me later too. And it was, it just became a really good thing. He was a great sport. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Dave, Dave's a polarizing guy, but man, he, uh, he, he was a great sport and he was very, he was very genuine and, and sincere. And like, that was just thought, thought the world of it. It was great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned John Hubert. There were two moments with John Hubert and I'm sorry, Trevor, I'll let you go after this. I'm done after this. I promise. That's all right. You know, last year in 2022, uh, John was very, we were comforting me after losing my dad. Uh, he was very, I don't know if you remember that conversation. He was extremely kind to me. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was very genuine. It was very personal. Uh, I appreciated that. And then this year I won't get into all the details, but I went to John with a, an issue, a request, you know, and he honored it as well. Just tell you, uh, he, we, we said, Hey, we're having this problem, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, I understand it. And he, uh, he made good on, on, on on a road to fix it. So I, I honestly say those two things um, were, were very, very sincere moments. So, uh, that's, you know, we talk about John being an introvert, and all, but he, uh, uh, he was very kind to me those last two years. So can't forget that. Yeah. He had, John had some high praise for you Coop, this year. I, and I know, I know you, I know you take that stuff in strata. I know you're, you're a professional yeah. and everything, but I know that meant the world to you. I think we had a I rocky meant- start, John and I, I think John and I had a little bit of a rocky start early on, but I think we're done. I think it's passed now. So, um, which is good. So, and I think we handled the situation we asked about very, prof- I mean, we were, I, you know, I went to you with advice on how that we should do this. Right. Uh, and like I said, it wasn't anything bad or anything. We were just looking for something from them. And, uh, it, it, you know, like I said, honestly, we, we asked the worst we could have been told is no, and that would have been fine, but it was more than that. He, under- I think he, he didn't quite understand some of the things we were up against and stuff, but it was good. So I think it was, it was all good. So, uh, I was very appreciative of that. I'm All having right, a hard time picking one. There, there's so many like, so many good memories come out of every trade too, right? Like, one of them is the first year that you guys did the media house, and we were kind of the, we were the separate media house. Originally, we were supposed to be like half a mile away or less, and then the, and your we, house, like, yeah, and then yeah, our house. Res- flooded apparently before we got there and we ended up three or four miles away so it was a drive to get there but man just being at the media house and having like all of these people show up just to spend time with us and just telling the stories and smoking the cigars and all of those memories are very cherished to me um were you at the all-nighter were you at the all-nighter yeah uh, okay. We we left at like three or four that day. The one where I went to sleep and woke up, and John and Skip are still going at it at like yeah. six thirty in the morning. And and Seth was afraid of the pool and fell asleep on the on the lounger. Um, there was I another night. Lounger. I fell asleep on a lounger for a while too. <laughs> there was another night where it might have been the same year, it might have been the year before that we uh we were at. The win, I think it was. 
and we just had gone there to go to the bar and we ran into Pete and Pete was very happy to see us. And then we ran into somebody that I, I don't even remember who introduced us, but somebody was like, you have to meet this guy. And they bring us over and introduce, introduce us to Jeremy Castigli. Wow. And I want to meet him. I haven't I, met him yet. I think we sat and talked to him for like four hours. I smoked four or five of his cigars while he was telling us everything about him and all like that guy has been on as many adventures as Phil Zang. Like he just, he's been all That's over awesome. the world. He was telling us these stories about being in Istanbul and in, in the Philippines and in Singapore and all over the place. And like that guy just has so many stories and it's so interesting, so well-spoken and knows so much about his cigars. I, I am. He's a. He is an absolute one of the guys I want to interview at some point. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, um, I really do. Uh, so I know he wasn't at the trade show this year, so I'm hoping he is this yeah. year. I hope so. He's he's an awesome guy and just so fun to spend time with. Like we were there all night basically, and we had plans to do other stuff and ended up just hanging out with him the whole night. Nice. Uh. Yeah, there's there's so many good ones though. Another one is Matt Booth one year had an arcade machine in his booth. And oh, yeah. I think we spent 15 minutes just playing video games together before the interview, <laughs> uh, which was fantastic. Uh, that man. was fun. That was a lot of fun. There's so many good ones. I remember the first year he had those. That's when I got Matt Henderson Ventura. That yeah, ah. uh, and then I had Henderson's um, the original Aventura cigar, um, the Explorer, right? I think it was yeah. And I was blown away with that. I mean, Tony Bellotto was like, uh, he said, "You got to try this cigar," and I said, "He said, don't smoke it here, take it home." I smoked it. I'm like, this thing's incredible. <laughs> yeah, great cigar. Yeah. Uh, another another one that like will always live with me is interviewing robert caldwell it was the year that it was before he did like the just the table thing he had like all of these wooden crates that the whole booth was made out of and i had the idea like you're a lot taller than me so what if i stand on the wooden crate so i'm like a foot taller than you and just casually interview you and we had so many comments on our youtube video of that of like holy shit how tall is the guy interviewing him from people who Hadn't been to our channel and just looked up. Right, Robert right, Caldwell yeah. And couldn't believe how tall I was, which was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good memories. Tra the, the trade show is as much work as it is. It's so much fun. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, I don't know how you're going to feel about it after work on us because we don't go heavy. But uh, you're used to it, I know, because Federation. Yeah, exactly. Because we generally did... Somewhere along the lines of sixty interviews a we, year. That's about, and I think that's what we said. That's what we're about. Sweet level. It's a sweet spot for us. I don't think if we go, I think if we go more. It's diminishing returns. Yeah. Um. So we we do try to uh fifty. This we we actually did about sixty something this year, and then there were about another twenty booze I covered without video. Yeah, and that but, that's a yeah. But th this is. That was like on the, on the years that we did that many. It was me doing all the interviews. Uh, that wasn't split up. We had um, 
there were a couple that other people did. The Lars Tetons one was a good one that I had Dennis do because I was, I was, I had too much anxiety about interviewing Lars. Well, oh, so you I went had, into the, you went into the back room. Yeah, he brought us behind the red door, and it was very strange. He serenaded us, and it was an experience. Were you at the party though? The Alec Bradley party? Yeah. That was one of the best media parties ever. That was fantastic. Yeah. That was one of the best media parties I've been. Yep. That was good. That was good. All right. Anything else, guys? Before I know we kind of went late, so uh maybe we should wrap it up. Um Us so- go late, that's such a rare thing, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Trip, I want to thank you very much. Look forward to a uh, long, long partnership here going forward. I think it's going to be uh, outstanding. Definitely tune in for Let's Get Pairing on the 14th. Uh, we're really excited about that, uh, being a part of our, our coalition here. Um, We have a show in two weeks, Bear. I'll talk to you about that. <laughs> That's one thing I have to talk to you about. So we'll be back probably cool. in two weeks into what that's it cool yep yep we'll talk about that one on uh, I, I love a good podcast Coop. <laughs> yeah you're, no, you're gonna like this one i promise you um and then on um thursday uh which is kind of becoming an annual tradition on coop uh pete johnson will be on uh he's kind of become our new year guest every year now so um so he will be on thursday night uh on primetime with aaron loomis and myself and then on we're gonna have a jukebox show uh a week on the ace uh dave burke and i will be doing uh, a combination of mostly year in music but year in cigars will be mixed in there as we always do so um so we'll be having that next monday but uh, Trip, thanks again. Uh, really appreciate. It. Thanks to our audience too. I know we had a, a bunch of new folks in the audience tonight too. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. And uh, please check out our content. Like I said, we there's something we, we try to have something for everybody with the content. So um, I think that's what we're trying to provide. Just get a lot of people interested in that. And we hope you enjoyed the show as well. It's, it's uh, without without an audience, we we can't do what we do. So it's it's much appreciated. But that's gonna wrap up. Primetime Special Edition 153 into the Annals of History for this Tuesday, January 2nd, now Wednesday, January 3rd on the Eastern Coast, Eastern Time Zone. We will see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. Bye. See you next time, everybody. Happy New Year.